Well, hello, dear friends. It is that time of the day again where we get to share the good news of the gospel online with people on Omegle. So we are here for the next four hours, and um, we hope that you enjoy our show that we have on here today. We do have Bible questions that we answer in the second hour of the stream, followed up with a bit of a segment of the day. You get to hear some of us, me, sing cheesy, well, sing cheesily. They're not cheesy songs, but the way I sing them are very cheesy. But you can join in and listen to those and uh, we can commit some scriptures to our hearts through songs. So that's always a good time to uh, go through God's word there as well. Uh, we do have a Kahoot at the end of the day. So we encourage you to stick around for that because it's always good fun. So it comes out on top on the leaderboard. There's always a new person every week. But don't be afraid if you can't answer the questions because it's a good chance to learn. Um, if you have any questions, you can send them to us on the chat bar in the YouTube chat line. Just put the letter Q at the start, the question mark at the end. You only need to ask us once. We do see the questions and we will send them on to the moderators or for Ryan to answer in during the stream and near the end of the stream. Um, we also have training available for anybody that wishes to come on board to learn how to share the good word as we do online. And we've got all the materials in place for you to do this. So um, don't feel that you need to feel obligated to doing it it is free and we'd love to train you and encourage you to share god's word for it is the great commission just don't let it become the great omission which is sadly what it's being in some people's lives um before we get into any chats we're going to introduce this amazing team that god has provided today for us to do this amazing work so it is a big hello from paul and uh, another big hello from ryan and a small hello from glenn the howdy from Venus. Hello from Carissa. Greetings in Christ. Uh, a big greetings in Christ from Harmony. And no, hello is in vain. So big or small, it is a hello. <laughs> but we have the amazing Glenn, our friend in New Zealand, who is going to start off with our chats first up. So we're going to ask Glenn to start off with some prayer and then get into a chat. Thanks, Glenn. All right, Father, yeah, thank you for another day of your patience. We're eager for your return, and we do pray for that. But in the meantime, Lord, we just ask for your help um, in this next four hours and beyond, Lord, just in uh, the opportunities that we're going to take to, to share your gospel directly with people that we encounter online. Lord, I just pray that we would um, be treating people with a gentleness, respect, Lord, that you give us an insight and a wisdom in the conversation, Lord, that... We would be faithful to your word. And um, yeah, Lord, I just pray that those who are watching on the stream or on the podcast or wherever they're hearing this, Lord, that they'd be encouraged, Lord, um, just for evangelism in their everyday lives, Lord, just uh, bringing up the subject with those that are around them. And um, yeah, we just pray that they'd be encouraged as they step out in that. Um, yeah, but we just leave this uh, stream in your care and ask for your help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Oh, better go to dark mode. There we go. And let's get into a chat. Oh. Hey, I got a question for you. Oh, uh, you got a question for me? What's up? Yeah, man. Speak one. What do you think happens after you die? On me? Our, uh, so what I think is, like, I've heard previous stories from people who have died and come back to life. Yep. So what they said is they, they like saw like a room 
and it was like yellow. Like, like you know what the backgrounds are? Like, like the backgrounds are? The back, the back rooms. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was just a room, and they were waiting in line. Like, Does I that... guess to see if they were going to heaven or hell or something like that. Isn't that scary? Isn't that scary, scary. thinking, man, I'm going to be in a line one day. And I'm going to be judged by God and, and I'm going to be going to either heaven or hell. Yeah. Do you believe that's real? Do you think there really is a heaven and a hell? Yes. Yeah, um, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I think there's a heaven and a hell. What do you think you have to do to get to heaven? I think that as a person, you have to do a very good amount of good deeds. And if okay. you're a sinner, you're going to go to hell. Okay. And if you're a nice person, you're most likely going to go to heaven. Well, if what you're saying is true, then I'm definitely going to hell because I'm not a good person. I'm a sinner um, and I'm not a nice person, right? Like, yeah, for example, was... have you ever told a lie? Yes. Yeah. Sadly, I have too. It's not good to lie, right? Nah. No. So are we really good people? No. See what I'm getting at? Yeah. D don't bail on me because I've got good news for you. You know, there is a way to heaven. It's just not being good enough. And that's that's hope, right? What about this one? Have you ever disobeyed your parents? I would like to say no, but yeah. if you were to ask them, they would say yes. Yeah. Yeah, of course we would like to say no. But sadly, we do disobey our parents sometimes, right? And last one, have you ever been angry with someone or used bad language with them? Um, no. Okay, you've never been angry? You've... I've been angry, but I haven't used bad language with them. Okay, well, I'm glad you haven't used bad language. But if you die today and God judged you by anger, disobeying your parents and lying, would you be innocent or guilty? I would be... Most likely guilty. Yeah. For me, I dropped the word most likely. I'm definitely guilty, right? So good news coming, but would we deserve a reward or a punishment? Would, would you deserve a reward or a, reward or a punishment, man? Huh? God, if God judged you and you were guilty, would you deserve a reward or a punishment? I think I would reserve a punishment if I was guilty. Right. So what sounds more like a punishment to you, heaven or hell? Huh? What sounds more like a punishment to you, heaven or hell? Oh, hell seems more like a punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Does that concern you? Yes. You know what? It sounds. It seems like you're more interested in your YouTube channel than than the concern you have for hell, right? Yeah. This this should terrify you because you could die today, and then you won't be thinking about YouTube. You'll be thinking about, oh man, I'm on that line. I'm heading towards God to be judged, heaven or hell, right? Yeah. I've got good news for you, man. There is a way to remove the punishment so you don't have to go to hell. Any idea what that is? Become a good person today. How? Stop being concerned with other things that aren't God and 
think of the Lord whenever you're about to do something bad. Okay, but if I was to commit five crimes today and then tomorrow I go, oh, I'm gonna, I want to honor the Lord, I want to clean up my life. And so the next day I do zero crimes and I instead do 10 good things. Are the police still going to arrest me for those five crimes that I did yesterday? Yes. Yeah. Because that's how the law system works. <clears throat> right. Doing good deeds doesn't remove your bad deeds, right? Yes. Yeah. And if you were to say to the judge, judge, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. Is he going to let me go free or send me to prison for the five crimes? He's he's going to send you to prison. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're in that line, we're facing God, saying sorry, asking for forgiveness. I did all these good deeds. None of those are going to remove the punishment, right? But I've got good news for you. Do you want to hear it? What if someone was willing to take all your punishment for you? As a gift, if someone took a hundred percent of your hell punishment, how much would be left for you to get in hell? Zero. Right. So, therefore, where would you go when you die? Huh? Where would right. I go when I die? Oh, heaven. Well, you're right. It would be heaven if someone's taken all your punishment, right? Mm -hmm. Do you know who's willing to do that for you? No. I don't think anybody would do that for me. The person would have to be perfect. Do you know anyone who's perfect? No. No? What about God? Would God be perfect? Yes, he is yeah. the most perfect man I know. Yeah. Do you know of anyone who claimed to be God? No. No? Well, there's lots of people who have claimed to be God, but there's one person that you should know of who do we celebrate the birth of at Christmas time? Be God. But there's one person. You can yeah. go. You can go back and watch it later. Okay. <laughs> um, who who's that person? Yeah. Who's that person? That was born at Christmas time. That we remember the birth of at Christmas time. Jesus is Christ. All right. Jesus claimed to be God. Right. Yes. Yeah. How did Jesus die? He. He was crucified because he took our, he died for our sins and was crucified. Okay, so that's like someone taking your punishment for you, right? Yeah, what happened three days after Jesus died on the cross? Hmm? What happened three days after Jesus died on the cross? He was reborn. He was. Not reborn, he rose again, right? He defeated death. So if Jesus died on the cross to remove all the punishment for the wrong things you've done, where do you go when you die? Hold on. All right, yeah, continue. If Jesus died on the cross to take all your hell punishment for you, where would you go when you die? Heaven. Right, so what's the reason why we get to go to heaven? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus Christ doing what for you? dying and taking our help got it do you know what he did that as a gift so you don't have to be good enough to get it instead you simply accept it by trusting that jesus died for you does that make sense yeah. yes <laughs> you're just enjoying the fact that you're on youtube aren't you no no <laughs> no no 
But dude, this this makes sense, doesn't it? Huh? This makes sense, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. So what if you don't trust that Jesus died on the cross for you? Then where will you go when you die? I would go to hell. Right. So when should you start trusting that Jesus died for you? Hmm? So when should you start trusting that Jesus died on the cross for you? Right now. I've always believed that. Well, before this conversation, what did you say you thought you had to do to get to heaven? Do good things. Right. Do our good deeds remove the punishment for our bad deeds? No. So if you had died before this conversation and you were trusting in your own good deeds, where would have you gone? Heaven or hell? Hell. Right. So that means you're not trusting that Jesus died on the cross for you. And so I'm pleading with you today to change your mind on this, right? Yes. This is important because we're going to face God one day. Do you know how we know that? Because all of a sudden die one day. I'm sorry. I have to go. My mother is calling me. Your mum's calling you. Hey, it's been a pleasure talking yeah. to you, man. Yeah. Catch you later. All right. All right. Yeah, thank you for the nine minutes and 47 seconds that I had to engage with that young man. And um, I uh, leave him in your care, Lord. And yeah, I do pray that you'd bring a conviction and a conversion in his life for your glory. But um, ultimately, I just, yeah, I leave the results in your care. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, that was an interesting chat with a young man who is obviously keen to be a content creator. And where did I get to? I got into some of the chat questions. He had to go. Because his mum, mom, was calling him um he was excited to know he was on youtube uh, it seemed to interest him more but you heard the law Uh, Jesus, there we go. Yeah, all right. And Father, yeah, thank you for that opportunity. And I ask for your help with this next one as well. Um, thank you for the, the clear mind that I've got and just help me to engage well. I just pray you'd pair me with someone who would be willing to engage. And um, yeah. You'd be glorified. Amen. Horses. Hola, yeah. Grandpa. Hey, yeah. Hi. Grandpas often have a lot of wisdom and advice to give, don't they? Oh, please do give me one. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I want to ask you, what do you think happens after we die? Uh, we go to paradise or i don't know 
Right. Yeah, so, there's uh, going to be a heaven uh, and a hell, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think you have to do to get to heaven, man? Uh, be a good person. Yeah. Or well, are you a good... Okay. Do you think you're a good person? I don't know. It depends. So not me, the one who decide. It's God. You're right. God will decide, but he's told us yeah. how he's going to decide. We know yeah, what God's exactly. law is, right? And so we can know yeah. whether we're good or bad. Like, for example, have you ever exactly. told a lie? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, it's not good to lie, right? Yeah, I know. But I was, let's say, I was in, you know, that, you know. Okay, what, what about this like, one? Have you ever stolen something, even if it's small? No, never in my life. Never in your life stolen something? Yeah. What about something small, like some food from the pantry? You know you weren't never. supposed to take it? Never. Have you ever stolen content from the internet? Never. Never. Never in your whole life, ever. Whoa. If that's true, man, you're a way better person than I am. No, yeah. I don't think so. You're I've actually stolen. a wise man. You're a good person. No, I'm not, because I've stolen things from... Family. Hey, I've got a question like for you. What's your name, Gerald? <laughs> it's a deep question. What Why do you think? so fucking old? What you... Yeah, yeah. Old people sometimes have advice to, to give to younger people. What do you think happens after you die? What? Yeah. What do you think happens after you die? Well, Jesus isn't real. Okay. But do you believe God is real? Jesus and God are the same people, I think. Okay, so you don't think God is real then? Wait, is this live right now? Yeah, it is. Neegod.net. Let's go. Hi, everybody. Hi, hey. everybody. Yeah, so... My name is Daniel Dingle, and... <laughs> hey there, I got a question for you. Hey there, I got a question for you. Okay. It's a deep question. What do you think happens after you die, man? I don't know. Maybe my parents will miss me. I'm sure they will. If you were to die before your parents, I'm sure they would miss you. Yeah. But yeah, but that's yeah. that's what happens to your parents. What what do you think happens to you after you die? Maybe I'll leave this body. Spiritually, I may rise to the heaven or hell. Yeah, I agree there has to be a heaven and a hell. It makes sense yeah. because we know people get away with murder in this life. So there has to yeah. be a place of punishment after this life, right? Yeah, we had a lot of things, you know. Yeah. What do you think you have to do to get to heaven, though? I don't know. Don't know. Okay. Well, I've got good news for you. There is a way to get to heaven. But most people think it's if I'm good enough. Now, I've got good news. It's not being good enough that gets you to heaven. But let me explain why. Do you think you're a good person? I think so. Okay, well, let's test that out. How many how many lies do you think you've told in your life? Countless. Yeah, it's not good to lie, right? But but I I lie when I was a child, you know, when I when I got 
mature, I stop lying. Would that be a lie? Is no, it's true. <laughs> what about this one? Have you ever stolen something, even if it's small? Yeah, I have. Yeah, me when too. I was a kid, it, it's not good to steal, right? Even when we're kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Last one. Have you ever been angry with someone or used bad language with them? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I agree with. You. Okay, so if you died today and God judged you. Do you think you'd be innocent or guilty? I did a lot of good things too, but I don't think God will forgive me. Yeah, even if you had done good things too, that wouldn't remove yeah. the punishment, right? Yeah. So you're right, we'd be guilty before God. So would we deserve yeah. a reward or a punishment? He will punish me. Yeah. I'm sure. And what sounds more like a punishment to you, heaven or hell? Hell. Yeah. Does that concern you? I don't know. It should concern you greatly. I don't want you to go to hell, and you shouldn't want to go to hell yourself, right? Yeah, I don't want. I want to be a good person. Yeah, I, I want to be a good person too. I've got good news for you. There's a way to remove that that punishment so that we don't have to go to hell. Do you want to know what that is? What is? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what if someone was to take all of your punishment for you and pay that penalty? How much would now be left for you to get in hell? I don't know. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity just to, to labor the law. And um, yeah, may he know his shame deeply and may he come to know um, the good news that is in you paying the penalty and taking our shame, Lord, and, and sin. Yeah, I leave him in your care. And just pray that you continue to raise up laborers to, to bring the good news. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. That was three minutes and 36 seconds with a young man from India. I'm just going to go with during the law for that one. Um, seemed to be depressed about his sin. And so I was moving good news he quit sadly yeah yeah so sometimes it can be overwhelming you know all these people and um yeah just you know we we care deeply for them we want them to know uh, this truth, but at the same time, um, yeah, we can't get overwhelmed by the things that are out of our control. So, yeah, God has more compassion and concern for people than we will ever have. And yet, that's not his only attribute. God is holy and just. And so he will never do wrong.
Um, and he certainly doesn't have to demonstrate his mercy. We will glorify him for his justice as well. Yeah, Father, help me with this next chat. Um, I don't say this glibly, Lord. I do need your help. And I do pray that you would uh, just pair me with someone willing to engage, someone who will be uh, taking this seriously, Lord. And um, But, you know, even if they don't, Lord, may they, they hear the law and the gospel, and that's your power for salvation. So, yeah, may you be glorified through this chat. Amen. Alexa! Hey, I got a Hi. question for you. Yes? It's a deep question. What do you think happens after you die? Um, after I, after I die, um, I think, I think we just sit there forever and like, like, I think we just sit there, and if we're cremated, then we just sit there. I think honestly, and just see black if we're if we're like in a coffin. But if we're cremated, then I think that we would like. It's weird because one time I was I was getting stitches. Right, they put the game is this medicine, and I felt like I was switching like bodies. Like like I felt like I was in a, like a whole different body. Whoa. And I yeah. felt like I was witching souls or something like that. Was it scary? Yeah, it was. It it was really dizzy. I oh. got really dizzy. Okay. Do you believe God is real? Um, it's kind of like a fifty-fifty, maybe like fifty-sixty, because when I pray in like bad situations, mm -hmm. sometimes He answers my prayers. Okay. I would say our experiences aren't necessarily reliable, though. And just because God doesn't say yes, that doesn't mean he's not real, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, if I told you my house made itself, would you believe me? No. No, I'm glad. Because it doesn't make sense for a house to make itself. There has to be a builder for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so... Wouldn't it make sense that this universe that we're in has a universe maker? Has a universe what? A universe maker. A universe maker? Yeah. This universe, because it's here, would show that someone created it, right? Well, honestly, in my opinion, I know that aliens might not be, like, real, but <laughs> whatever's out there... Maybe like something made it. Like maybe like one of those um rocks hit like one of the planets, one of the one of the planets in the solar system, mm -hmm. and then like maybe it was like a big like flash, okay. and then there was like a tiny little egg, and then it started growing and growing. <laughs> Does that sound reasonable though? Like if there was a big explosion in your house, and then all of a sudden um a baby appeared out of it. A baby chicken and it started growing and growing and growing would that make sense no no it no. doesn't make it doesn't make sense right what i'm saying is it doesn't make sense for a house to make itself so there has to be a builder in the same way there has to be a builder for the universe right someone who's intelligent someone who's powerful and made this universe now it can't be aliens 
because aliens are part of the universe. Whoever made this yeah. universe must be outside of the universe, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that would be God. Do you yep. think? How do you think God feels about the way people um, act inside His universe? Like people who who are mean and and do bad things. Do you think God's okay with that? I, to be honest, I think God is not okay with that. But yeah. but he would he, in my opinion, I think he still loves everybody unless he did, unless somebody did something too un unfor, unforgivable, unforgettable. Yeah, I agree. Right. God, God is incredibly loving. Like he gave us our lives in the first place, right? And yeah. there will be a heaven that we will go to one day, right? Yes. But God is also just. He can't just let all those who do wrong things get away. Yeah. And yeah. So have you just gone so to YouTube? Have you just gone to YouTube? Huh? What did you say? I I can't hear you very well. Have you just switched over to YouTube? Somebody was calling me. Oh, all right. Someone was calling you. Uh, are they gone now? Okay, so now, yeah, this phone is broken. Hold on. Okay. So <laughs> Are you trying to hang up on your friend? What did you say? Are you trying to hang up on your friend? I'm trying to get it, swipe it off my phone. Okay. So is your thing? Okay. There you go. All, all good. Now I can't hear you. Okay, you can hear me, and I can hear you too. Yeah. Um, I can so see God, God is just. Turn on my phone. But somebody keeps calling me. Yeah, I can hear that. I'm sorry. No worries. Hey, I've I got think good I news. need to reboot my phone, though. Well, I want I... you to check out needgod.net on YouTube, okay? Hold on. I'm live on YouTube. I'm keen to chat if you want to, but if you've got to take a call, then I can skip on to the next person. It's up to you. Catch you later. <clears throat> yeah father i uh, thank you for that opportunity that i had and i just pray that they would check out the socials and i leave them in your care amen all right six minutes and 19 seconds there and we've got an encouragement button to listen to finally so lots of shorter chats today so far but let's listen to this
All right, and let's get into the next chat. <clears throat> Father, thank you for these opportunities just to um, yeah, connect with these people. And I again, I ask for your help with um, whoever you pair me with. I just pray you'd pair me with someone willing to engage and, and um, yeah, that I'd be able to minister your gospel for your glory. I need your help. Amen. Hey there, got a question for you. Hey, I got a question for you. Hi. Hey, got a question for you. All right. Yeah. What do you think happens after you die, man? Wait, so can you write uh, on your yeah. testering? Because uh, I'm from uh, Italy and I speak and so for English. Okay. Yeah, I'm from New Zealand and I don't speak Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think uh, another life. Really? Reincarnation? No. I stay in paradise with my my family. Okay. So do you believe... You? I think there's a heaven and a hell, right? What do you think you have to uh, do to get to heaven? Okay. Uh, I'll type it. What do you think you have to do to get heaven so i think the good person with another people okay are you good so and so because uh ah yeah, I uh, yes, I, I'm so so good, but uh, I have. Uh... Oh, you broke your arm! <laughs> no, uh, the five uh, on. Um, wait. So, uh, this this is no no good. Yeah, that doesn't look good at all. Um, but do you think you're good enough to get to heaven? Um, so and so. <laughs> okay. Well, have you ever lied? Can you write? Because yep. I don't. No. <laughs> have you ever lied? No, no, no. Wouldn't that be a lie? No. <laughs> Wouldn't that be another one? Right. Okay. See what I'm getting at. I don't know because your thing is different. No, no, no. Uh, wait. Cigarettes on my my parents. But uh, they are no. 
Have you ever disobeyed your parents? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's not good. Right, do stuff. Uh, yes, but uh, I think uh, for me is a good idea because I. Mm, um, sorry. Uh, That's right. You're doing well. Have you ever been angry with someone or have you used bad language? Um, bad language. Ah, swearing. Uh, yes. Um, yes. 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 Uh, yeah. So are you really a good person? So and so, because I am a good person with uh, another person is uh, good for me. Okay. You, so, uh, for example, you have uh, a bad uh, person uh, for me, mm -hmm. I, uh, I, uh, diventerò come posso dire uh, <laughs> in Italian <laughs> dude, dude uh, if, if God was to judge you based on all those things would you be innocent or guilty I don't know I don't know really really because uh, I I in the past I uh, sbagliato, come posso dire? Sbagliato is no good in the past. Uh, another action. So, colpevole, yes, colpevole. So, would you would you be innocent or guilty? Uh, guilty is. Uh, can you write? <laughs> Yeah, guilty, innocent or guilty if God judged you by perfection. Two, two. <laughs> so guilty? Uh, yeah, because I commissioned an error in the past. Okay, so would you deserve a reward or a punishment from God then? Can you write? <laughs> yeah, I have. In Italian. Oh, the moment is point. I don't know because uh, Dio is a scelta a possibility judication people well <laughs> god god is a judge and his standard is perfection to get to heaven you have to be perfect i i think uh, another person is a perfect person because uh, all person 
or people have uh, commission an error in the life Correct. and uh, uh, but the uh, mm-hmm. yes awesome. everyone everyone has done wrong right everyone's no. broken the law everyone except for one person Jesus lived a perfect life. Yeah. And then he died on the cross to take the punishment for our sin. We can be forgiven as a gift because of Jesus. Yes. All right. Uh, All right. Yeah. (laughs) Check out, check out these socials, man. Are you a Muslim? Can you write, please? Are you Muslim? No. No. Yeah. Are you Cristiano? Cristiano. Yeah. Yeah. Cristiano. Christian does not teach be good to get to heaven. Your good deeds won't Uh, get you there. Okay. I have you. Ragione. Yeah, cioè, hai ragione. Yeah. Uh, true. Uh, 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 have you true? Uh, ragione. Uh, oddio. <laughs> Sorry, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what you mean there. Uh, wait, I I write in Italy. Okay. Okay. What's that mean? Uh, try Italian to English. Ooh. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus is our only hope. Check out um, needgod.net, man. Bye, man. See you later. Thank you for this. Chiacchierata. Yeah, yeah. Are you practicing English? Bye. See you later. Bye. Oh, I tried. Yeah, with the pressure of being uh, streaming at the same time, I was like too much work. But um, I think what amazes me is if we have the time, we can slow down and I can use um uh, the translate tool to translate and then they can type in their language and i can translate it back and i've succeeded in sharing the gospel with someone who doesn't have any english before um it's amazing and so that was a cool experience um yeah i'll pray for him (laughs) i don't know if he's understood i certainly didn't have an opportunity to go into detail of, of what i was trying to explain but Pray that he'd check out the links and and watch some of the videos and, and maybe uh, translate some of the details, Lord, and just leave him in your care. Raise up laborers in Italy who will be proclaiming the gospel for your glory. Amen.
Hooey! Okay, where, where did I get to? Uh, I'm just going to put no progress. Um, he spoke Italian. Um, I tried. Left him with links. All right. It's not been the most fascinating of the first hour so far, but um, yeah, we've got 15 more minutes. Let's see if I can get into a decent chat. And uh, Father, you are sovereign. And so, yeah, just whoever comes, just help me just to labor for your glory. And um, yeah, may, may I be able to share your gospel, but even if I don't, uh, just thank you for the privilege of being able to serve you in this way. I need your help. Amen. Um, hey, I've got a question for you. Yeah, hi, hi. Yeah, question is, what do you think happens after you die, man? Um, after you die, you go to heaven or hell. Um, I agree. Wait, what do you think? Are you on live? Yeah, man, on YouTube. Go check oh. it out later. But um, more important than YouTube is I want to share good news with you. Um, yeah, yeah. What do you think you have to do to get to heaven, man? Um, you have to praise God. You have to, yeah. You have to praise God? You have to be a genuinely good person. Okay. Do you think you're a good person? Yeah. Okay, well, let's test that out. Have you ever lied? Yeah, of course. Yeah, me too. It's not good to lie, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about this one? Have you ever disobeyed your parents? Pardon? Have you ever disobeyed no, your parents? No, never, never. Come on, that would be a lie. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, oh, disobey my parents? Yeah. Oh no, no, like not, not, not to a bad extent. No. Ah, maybe when maybe I was, like, to younger. a small extent. Yeah, maybe when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good, man. What about this one? Have you ever been angry with someone or used bad language with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you died today and God judged you by those rules, would you be innocent or guilty? I'd be I'd be innocent because God's all fair and he's all loving because of his um omni omnipresent and his omnipotent and because he's all loving, you'll see my good good capabilities and my good capabilities outweigh my um bad capabilities. So yeah. Okay. But think about this. If I commit five serious crimes today, and then tomorrow yeah. I do 10 good things, are the police going to still arrest me for the five crimes I did yesterday? Well, you can't really compare the justice system to um, God because... Are you saying God's God, not uh, a judge? judge? No, he, he's not a human judge. A human judge I, I is agree unfair. he's not a human judge, but he is a judge. And yeah. it doesn't make sense to say your good deeds will remove bad deeds. But he doesn't use the human justice system. The human justice system is corrupt. I agree. God God is not a corrupt God. Therefore, yeah, yeah. therefore, doing good things isn't going to remove the punishment for your five bad things. That would be corruption. That would be bribery. Hey, judge, yeah, that's why I'll that's... do these ten good things if you just let me off for these five bad things I've done. That's corrupt. Yeah, that's, that's why God's, God's not like that, that's why... right? Yeah, but that's why God's all forgiving, and it says in the Bible well, that God is not at the all forgiving. Time... God is God is just. He's not going to forgive everyone. He's going to send people yeah. to hell, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah, your good deeds off. can't remove your bad deeds, man. That doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah, and there's purgatory for those like people who you know. Well, there's no need for purgatory because you're either innocent or you're guilty before God. God is perfect, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you died today and God judged you by those rules, would you be innocent or guilty? I think I'd be innocent. Well, to be innocent means you've never broken any of the rules. You you can't have lied, not even once in your whole life. Wait, wait, are you a Christian? I am a Christian, yeah. But I'm I'm but, also um, I can't like... I'm also a human, and humans have been given a gift by God called logic, right? And so innocent means you've never broken the rules, not even once. And guilty but, means um, you've broken just one of the rules once, right? No, but but humans aren't made perfect. That means we are allowed to commit sin. No, we're not allowed to commit sin. Only we're not, we're not allowed God, God would us, say that. God's not corrupt. God, God gave us free will. He did. But it's not okay for yeah. us to use that free will to sin. Yeah, but sometimes sin can help other people. No, sin is never a good thing. God can, hates sin. God never sins. can learn from a mistake. Well, you can learn, sometimes you can learn from our sin. You've got a problem, though. Yeah. You've broken God's law. You'd be guilty before God if you died today. But, How do you remove that? But God's punishment? all forgiving. No, He's not all by, forgiving. By God's he is forgiving. We can be forgiven. There's a way to remove that punishment, but it's not by your if good you, deeds. If you, if, if you bang the forgiveness method, then. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. May you be glorified, Lord, through your justice. And I just pray that hey, maybe this will be a stone in his shoe. He'll think about this. And um, yeah, just raise up laborers to continue um, ministering to this world around them and including this guy that I just talked to. Um, yeah, I leave him in your care. Amen. All right. Where did I get to in that chat? Um, hey, Ryan, I might pass over to you, ma'am. I'm not having the best of days so far, but yeah, no chat is in vain. <laughs> yeah, how's, how's, what chats you been One, having, man? Two, three, four, five. I've had six chats, man. My average wow. will be going down. <laughs> average length. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, no, I'm just encountering all sorts of different things, but chats are ending early. So, like, for example, I got one guy who spoke Italian, and I tried to, to work with him with the translator. By the way, the translator tool you've got in amigo was amazing man <laughs> like it, it translates for you even copies and pastes it into the chat yeah. for you that's great <laughs> these tools are amazing a real blessing um, praise god praise yeah. god well so, good god god had got god allowed you to have those chats maybe to reach multiple people rather than just one and, amen no no wasted yeah. effort nothing yeah. wasted in god's economy right <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's good. Well, thanks, Glenn, for sharing that. And everyone on the YouTube have been cheering you on there. 
um, Glenn. So that's really good. All right, welcome there, Mike. We got Unfazed Event Harmony Bentley, Sam. Uh, who else? We got Mr. Steve there, Madison, Annabella. Good to see all you guys who are there in the chat. John, welcome. If you haven't said hi in the while, please make sure you do. And we are going to get into your questions for today. Had an interesting conversation with a guy just then. He wanted to like put church going as a requirement for salvation. Church going. And uh, yeah, he was wanting to always just confuse James too, thinking, oh, yes, you got to do good works, you do good works. Making slow progress with him. Not sure if he was fully there by the end, but he got to hear the gospel. So God was kind. Hey, there's Mr. Alfie there. G'day, Alfie. I'm ready to hear you sing again, Alfie, today <laughs> as we do the song of the day a bit later on. Let's see who got the, the throne today. Steve says, was he a Catholic? I don't know. I didn't ask him. He did have such a big emphasis on you've got to be part of this church, you've got to be part of a church. He didn't say which one. Um, but he said he believed in predestination and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, this, he's hes a confused person. He was even saying, we're not saved by faith, we're saved by Christ's faith. I'm like, but what about John 3.16? Whoever believes in him will not perish. And eventually he came around on that point. He's like, yeah, okay, we are saved by faith. But he still wanted to hold on to his works just a little bit there. Okay, the throne. Now, what is the throne? The throne is who got in the first question of the day. Now, let's have a quick look. The first question for today comes in by Neo. Well done, Neo. You got the throne. Let's see what he's asked. Why did Judas, why did Judas Iscariot still go to hell? Didn't he repent by returning the silver? Because... Doing good deeds doesn't fix bad deeds. Even if he did return the silver, does that fix the fact he still sinned against Almighty God? If you go steal from a shop and then you return to the what you stole from the shop, that doesn't justify your stealing. You can still be punished by the government for your stealing. And so Judas Iscariot did not have faith. He returned the money because he was guilty, he felt guilty, but not because he actually had faith in the Lord Jesus Christ at all. And if you don't have faith in Christ, you pay for your own sin, which is what happened to Judas. Dragons asked this, what's some good ways to discipline myself? All right. Discipline yourself with your time is very important. Time is a precious commodity. It's more precious than the oil that's in the ground, which people think, you know, such a rare commodity. Gold, rare commodity. No, your time is even more precious than gold. So use it wisely. See what saps your time. Video games, movies, entertainment, do they sap your time? Maybe try to cut them out of your life. Social media, if it saps your time and doesn't build you up in your faith, maybe limit your amount of time you do that. Discipline yourself like that with your time. Discipline yourself also with what you say yes to. Because we only have 24 hours in a day. You can't say yes to everything. So discipline yourself in knowing how to say no to things that aren't as good. 
say yes to what's most good for you, and that might mean saying no to things that aren't as good for you. Also then, discipline yourself to go to church. Find a good local church that will help you build yourself up in your faith and have fellowship with fellow Christians. Discipline yourself to get out of your comfort zone to share the gospel. Maybe make it a goal to share the gospel with one person every day or maybe one person every week, something like that. Might be a good thing you can discipline yourself by doing. And then make sure you also discipline yourself with your prayer and your Bible reading. You discipline yourself daily to eat food, don't you? Because otherwise your belly will be grumbling and you might get very hangry, as they might say, hungry and angry. And so you manage to eat food every day. So do that with your spiritual food. Daily reading scripture, see how precious it is. And also similarly with prayer. It's how we get to speak to God. Next question came in from Colso. I know that we have to listen to our parents or else it would be sinful. That is if you're a child. But if your parents tell you to do something that you know is wrong, do you still do it? No. This is the principle. You obey all the authorities in your life. Any authority over you. That could be school teachers, parents, can be your boss at your workplace, the government, governors, all those sort of things. You obey them in everything except when they contradict a higher authority. And a higher, the highest authority is God himself. And so if your parent or your school teacher or your government commands you to sin, you say no to sin and you say yes to God because God is the ultimate authority. Next one from Patrick. Do the rules for priests and other people in Leviticus 21 still apply today? No, because first of all, there are no priests around today. They were priests in the temple. Animal, offering animal sacrifices and things like that. We don't have priests anymore. So the person at your church is not a priest. As much as he wants to call himself a priest, he's not. A priest is someone who in the Old Testament would act on your behalf. The only person who acts on our behalf is Jesus Christ. He's the great high priest. We don't need then priests. Like that person at your church is not a priest. Now they can be pastors, but they're not priests. Pastors are ones who kind of teach the word, guide you to the truth but they don't act on your behalf offering sacrifices. Now, in the Roman Catholic system, they think they've still got priests. You know why? Because they actually think that the priest is killing Jesus, again, in a bloodless sacrifice whenever they take part in the Eucharist, which, by the way, is very blasphemous if they think that they're killing Jesus again and again and again. Christ only dies once. He doesn't die every time the priest says those words of consecration. All right, next question. What are high priests and how do they differ from regular priests? Okay, so the high priest is only one of them in the Old Testament system. And that was the one who would have the special, very special responsibility of going into the Holy of Holies one time per year to offer a sacrifice for the sins of the people in the area there's a certain part of the temple where God's presence was said to dwell because the Ark of the Covenant was there. So only one high priest, and that would be his role. Swift has asked, are you able to go more in depth 
on 1 John 2, verse 15. All right, let's read out 1 John 2, 15. Let's see if we can explain it. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, we are called to be in the world, but not of the world. And we're, not, and we're called not to love the world. What does it mean to love the world? It doesn't mean you can't love horses. I know Beck loves horses. It doesn't mean that you can't love sunsets or cute puppies or kittens, cats, as Glenn loves. What it means is loving things that go against God, things that are in the world that go against God. So, for example, people, maybe a good example in today's society, is people wanting to support homosexuality, sexual immorality, drunkenness, drug use, immoral actions. Let's not love those things. Now, we don't hate the people. We are called to love the people and bring them to Christ, share the gospel with them. But we don't love the sin. But the world system also promotes living for self, ignoring God, living for money, focusing on this world and not the world to come. Let's not do that. Instead of just thinking, hey, I want to every day be keeping up with whatever's going on in the world, in as a higher priority, you say, I want to every day keep up to date with what God's saying in his word. And so you see your Bible reading is more important than catching up with the latest news or gossip. So every day, let us seek to love this world less, the things of the world, the evil things in this world. Let's love them less and less as time goes on. And let's love Christ more. And let's long for that kingdom that is to come where there's no more pain, death, or suffering. And this is how we can then love the people in the world, by getting out of our comfort zones, because we love ourselves less, and we therefore aren't afraid to open up our mouth, even if we might get mocked, shamed, or skipped six times on a meagle, like Glenn did. Because we realize, hey, my treasure are up there, not down here. Oh, let me just check. Oh, cool. Thank you, Legend, um, for sending in that gift. Appreciate that, man. I just saw that. Um, Legends mentioned this. He said, discipline yourself for spreading the gospel is hard when you don't know much. Thanks to people like you, I've gotten way better at it. Thanks, man. Glory to God. Yes, amen. Glory to God. And that's why we do these streams. We do these streams for many reasons, but one of the reasons is that you would get confidence to know how to spread the gospel, that it might encourage you, it may become infectious. When you see somebody doing something, doesn't it make you want to do the same thing? Particularly when you see how it's a joy to do that, has it has such a positive benefit. Hopefully these streams are encouraging you to want to open your mouth to share Christ. Appreciate that, legend. Uh, next question from Venus. Hey, Venus. She's asked, um, okay, you got a few questions here. Let me just answer maybe just a couple of them. What does the discipline of the Lord look like? 
Yeah, so it talk, talks about in Hebrews 12, the Lord disciplines the ones that he loves. What does that mean? Well, God doesn't punish you for your sin if you're a Christian. He punishes unbelievers in hell for their sins, yes. But Christians, guess what? Your sins are not charged against you. Romans 8.30, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. So God never punishes you for your sin, but he can discipline you. And the difference between the two is this. God's discipline is for the purpose of you going back onto the right path. The purpose of punishment is as a penalty for doing what was bad. See the difference? And so who gets discipline? If you're a Christian and you're being proud about a sin you're doing, if you're repentant over a sin and you're seeking to avoid it, then you wouldn't expect God's discipline. But if you're a Christian, but you're doing a sin and you're actually loving the sin and you want to keep on doing it again, and you don't think you should avoid it. Expect the discipline of the Lord. And what can that discipline look like? It could look could like look like anything. It could mean that you lose your job. It mean could could mean you get sick. It could mean that you lose a loved one in your life. It could be anything. Um, it says in Psalms, when somebody, I can't remember. This is a paraphrase. It's like when somebody displeases the Lord, the Lord consumes the things that are precious to that person. So it could be God could take away things out of your life to humble you and to bring you back on the right path. So hopefully that's helpful there, discipline. And I'm oh, sorry, hopefully that's helpful there, Venus. And just quickly, Venus, she's also asked about, does me wanting to please God, hate sin and grow, does that count as sanctification? Sanctification is any growth in holiness. So, Venus, stop lo- stop looking at your life so much. A lot of your questions, they're good questions, but they're like, they seem, you seem to be looking at your life so much. Like, am I saved? Am I saved? Am I saved? Don't be fruit picking. Keep your eyes on Jesus, not on yourself. Don't be like, okay, am I, am I growing? Am I growing? Am I growing every day? Look to Jesus. Base your assurance of salvation, your certainty of salvation on him, not on how well you're living. And know if you look into Christ and you know that he paid for your sin, even though you failed again yesterday, which we all probably fail in some way every single day, we all still sin. You're not going to be waking up tomorrow thinking, am I saved? You're going to be like, of course I'm saved. How How could Christ's work be undone? Even if I was disobedient today or yesterday, Christ's work cannot be undone if my trust is in him. And that helps you to have that rock-solid assurance in what Christ has done. Your faith is not going to waver. You're not going to wake up thinking, I'm not sure if I'm saved. You're going to have that rock-solid assurance if you preach that gospel message to yourself every day. And then you pursue holiness. You pursue righteousness from the position of assurance. Don't think, Okay, I'll try harder to get some more assurance. You're putting the cart before the horse. Okay, Patrick asks, I saw a video on TikTok saying that we'll get crowns in heaven for our works. Is this true? Now, the Bible doesn't describe them as crowns, so I'm not sure why people keep thinking they're crowns. The Bible describes them as treasures in heaven rather than crowns. They're described as treasures in heaven. What are treasures? They could be roles or responsibilities that God assigns us there. What is a saint? 
Patrick's asked. A saint is somebody who is a Christian. You're a Christian. You're a saint. It's not someone who does a miracle or does some amazing things and get canonized by the Catholic Church. No, that's not a saint. A saint is anyone who trusts that Jesus paid for their sin as the only means by which they go to heaven. It just is. It means somebody who has been set apart and has been declared holy and righteous by God. Zach has asked this. Where was the first Bible actually formed? Because I've seen both Catholics and Protestants give a wide range of answers. But do we have any clear answers on this? Yes. Way before any church councils came along. Instead, Jesus, even in Matthew 21, I believe, it's where Jesus says to the Pharisees and to the people he was talking to, he says, have you not read in the scripture? And what's he quote from? The Old Testament. So the thing known as scripture was already around in Jesus' day before there were any church councils. Peter himself in 2 Peter 3 verse 16 affirms that Paul's writings is scripture. So we had all 66 books of the Bible written within by the end of the first century. It was all complete. And so the Bible's there. It was already considered to be scripture. And so there was no Roman Catholic Council that made the Bible. It was all completed under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. What they simply did in the 4th century, late 4th century, is they simply wrote down and, and said, yeah, these are the books that were already considered to be the Bible. But they didn't even need to do that because already by the 1st century we knew which books were in the Bible. All right, Abraham, Mr. Abraham, who's learning the ukulele, which is good to hear. He's asked a question in Isaiah 41.7. What's he's asked? What's this about? The craftsman strengthens the goldsmith, and he who smooths with the hammer, and he who smooths with the hammer, him who strikes the anvil, saying of the soldering, it is good, and they strengthen it with nails so that it cannot be moved. Okay, now without looking at the context, I haven't um, looked at the context, but just on the surface level, just specifically this verse, to me it sounds like it's talking about they're working together. The craftsman and the goldsmith are actually working together. One does one task, one does the other. Now, what's the application of that in terms of the entire chapter? I'd have to go and look at that for you. Um, but that's just at least what that verse specifically is referring to. So both working together. And so maybe the guess would be that it's referring to God's people working together as they ought to. Annabella has asked this. I saw a video of Lucifer or Satan. It scared me and made me cry. Should I be scared? What should I do if I am? Don't watch videos about Satan. Maybe that will help you. Our focus shouldn't be on Satan. Our focus should be on God. Secondly, if you're scared, know that you can cast your anxieties on the Lord knowing that he cares for you. And it says in 2 Thessalonians 3.3, the Lord will guard you and protect you against the evil one. Noah's asked, is it disrespectful to write notes in the Bible? No, it's not. Some people choose to do that, to kind of underline things, highlight things. And so if you've got a preference of doing that, you can, if you would like. 
John has asked, could it be possible that the Holy Spirit will tell us something that is not biblical? Why do you not believe one can pray in a certain heavenly tongue if it's not biblical but not impossible, right? Okay, so the Holy Spirit doesn't lie. We know that. But when people claim that they're speaking in tongues and they're just saying gibberish, I wouldn't say that's the Holy Spirit making them do that. I've talked to people, and quite a lot of people actually, who do the speaking in tongues, so-called speaking in tongues, where they're supposedly speaking in some sort of heavenly language. And I asked them, so why do you think you'll go to heaven? Well, because I'm a good person. I'm holy. And yet they can do that. So do you think they have the Holy Spirit? No. And so if, if you can fake it to make it, that's not a miracle. That's not one of those amazing that's not one of those spiritual gifts that God has given. A spiritual gift can only be empowered by the Holy Spirit and cannot be faked by someone else. And so that is why if you read through the Bible, you never see tongues as a private prayer language. Read Acts 2. You're not convinced? Read Acts 2. You're going to see the best demonstration of what tongues is. It is speaking in earthly languages that you previously have not studied. Ty has asked this. Why was Jesus baptized? Did it have anything to do with salvation for us? A lot of people use the very poor argument to say, oh, Jesus was baptized, therefore we must get baptized. That's a poor argument. Now, we should get baptized, not for salvation, but it's still a good thing God wants us to do. But Jesus did not get Christian baptism. He got John the Baptist's baptism, which in Acts 19, Paul, Paul encountered some people who received John's baptism, and then he later baptized them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to show that there are two different kinds of baptisms, John's baptism and Christian baptism, and Jesus never got Christian baptism. Now, why was Jesus baptized then? Well, because he had to obey the Old Testament law. And part of the Old Testament law was that you had to listen to any prophet who was living. John the Baptist was alive, and he was commanding the people to go and get baptized by John. And so Jesus, in order to fulfill the Old Testament law, went ahead and did that. And that's why he said it was to fulfill all righteousness. John's asked this, since we're saved anyway, are there levels in heaven? If yes, will the rewards in heaven be dependent on our works, or do we get equally rewarded like Moses, for example? There is the one heaven. There's not levels of heaven like Mormonism teaches. There's the one heaven, but there's still different rewards that God will assign us in heaven, treasures in heaven. That is, roles or responsibilities that God assigns to us. You don't get equally rewarded in heaven because you'll be varied, given varied rewards based on what you do. Jesus speaks about that in Matthew chapter 6. He says, when you pray, don't pray to be seen by others, for then you'll get no reward from God. When you give, don't give to be seen by others, for then you won't get rewarded by God in heaven. But, when, but instead, do those things secretly with the right motives, and God will, will reward you for that action. Jesus elsewhere said that if you give even a Christian a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, you'll by no means lose your reward. So you will receive reward according to your labor. Not everyone gets the same reward. 1 Corinthians 3 talks about that. Your works will be tested by fire. 
And if it was actually a good work done with good motives, you'll get a reward in heaven for it. Otherwise, that work will get burnt up. Madison has asked, what is spiritual warfare? I've heard the phrase being thrown around. Don't know what it's talking about. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, Paul said, but against powers and principalities in heavenly places. That's where we get the idea of spiritual warfare. What does it mean? It's not talking about casting out demons or rebuking the devil. Instead, spiritual warfare is simply the fact that we are in a battle against sin and Satan. Satan would love us to sin. And so whenever you say no to sin and say yes to God, you are engaging in spiritual warfare and are winning that battle. That's what it means to take part in spiritual warfare, that when you're tempted, you say no and you say yes to God. John's asked this, will lukewarm Christians get tormented more than normal believers? And are there levels of hell? Yes, there are there are different degrees of punishment in hell. The Bible's very clear about that. Romans 2 6, God will render to each person according to their works, or how many sinful works that they've done. And you will receive more punishment, not only based on how many sins you've done, but also based on how much knowledge you had of God will also affect the punishment you get in hell. John's on a roll here. He's got a few questions. Um, he's asked, since Christmas, Easter, etc. are not biblical, does that mean they are pagan? No, they're not pagan. What is Christmas about? Celebrating Christ's birth. Is that biblical? Of course it is. Even the angels celebrated the birth of Christ back 2,000 years ago. If they celebrated the birth of Christ, then it's not some sort of pagan thing that they did, and so it's not pagan for us to celebrate the birth of Christ. What about Easter? Well, Easter is remembering how Christ died and rose from the dead, and that's exactly what the whole thing of the Lord's Supper is, to remember how Christ died for our sins, and obviously he's been raised from the dead as well. So these are biblical things, even though those words themselves are not found in the Bible. And it doesn't matter what days you might celebrate those things, but you're celebrating Jesus and remembering what he's done. And that's a beautiful thing, not a pagan thing whatsoever. Madison's asked, is the phrase hate the sin, love the sinner, correct or incorrect? I think for us as humans, that's what we're called to do. Hate the sin, love the sinner. But it's not exactly what God does. God says God hates the sinner as well as the sin, but still shows love to sinners until they get thrown into hell, and that's then they receive no more love. They only receive God's hatred and his justice. But for us, we're called to love our neighbor as ourselves. That means even the worst of sinners. Fredericks asked, what's the point of not sinning if you go to heaven because you believe Jesus died for your sin? Many reasons. Romans 6, 1, Paul says, Shall we keep, continue in sin so that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? God rescued you from the muck and the mire of sin. So why would you go and dive back into it? That makes no logical sense. If you've been saved from the pack of sharks, are you going to dive back into the pack of sharks again? If you've been rescued from a well that's too big that you can't climb out of, are you going to dive back into that well? 
No, you're not. Another reason is you love Christ. Do you want to now hurt him? Do you want to displease him by sinning more against him? Or do you want to live for him and honor him and obey him? Sword has asked this. What's the definition of laziness according to the Bible? Maybe a definition is when you know you should be doing something productive and good, but you're choosing not to be, not to do that, would be laziness. Um, in Proverbs, it mentions this. As a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard turn in his bed. I'm like, wow, that's a good description. Uh, Bentley's asked this, is the age thing with Ahaziah a contradiction? No, it's not. In fact, I literally put out a video on that. Um, you can check it on our YouTube channel. Just very quickly, read it in the ESV. They say that Ahaziah was 22 years of age in both Chronicles and Kings. So no contradiction there whatsoever, because that's based on the earliest manuscripts. Venus asks, what did it mean to work on the Sabbath? Well, for the Jewish people, remember the Sabbath law is not for us today. The Sabbath law is not binding for us today. It was a law for the Jewish people. And they were not allowed to cook food on the Sabbath. They couldn't make lunch or dinner. They couldn't do any work. They couldn't work, walk certain distances. They couldn't light a fire. They couldn't do anything like that. They had to basically just sit at home, mainly, is a thing, not do any work. And that law is not applicable for us because Paul says that was a shadow pointing to Christ, how we find our ultimate rest in Jesus. But Jesus was accused of doing work on the Sabbath by healing people. But Jesus says, no, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Brody's asked, what do you think about the show, The Chosen? I've chosen not to watch it because it adds a lot of unbiblical things into it that I don't want it to cloud my understanding of the text when it's added in a whole lot of dialogue, a whole lot of other events that are not found in the Bible. Just a couple more questions. Motsu's asked, how do I respond when someone says that Jesus said you could love any God you want because he says, love the Lord your God? I would say, your God, meaning the God of Israel. Yes, not just any random pagan God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Who's which, which God is this? The only God that exists, and that is the God who spoke to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, Brody's asked, is it sinful to watch shows with someone acting as Jesus in them? And I'd say no, as long as everyone is aware that that is obviously just a, an actor representing Jesus. And I think one, one more question from event. This Muslim guy was saying that the genealogies of Jesus don't line up in Luke 3 and Matthew 1. Very easy response. Very, very easy response. Matthew is Joseph's genealogy. Luke 3 is Mary's genealogy. Because Jesus had two parents, right? Even though Joseph had no involvement, he was still Jesus' legal father. And so therefore, makes sense matthew records joseph's genealogy luke records mary's and that's why there's a difference in genealogies there 
And Corey's asked, what was Jesus doing between ages 12 and 30? Being a carpenter. How do we know that? Because when Jesus returned to Nazareth, they're like, hey, this is the carpenter. They knew him because his job throughout that time was to do carpentry. All right. Good questions, everyone. Very good questions. Steve says context is important. That's true. Context is very important. Yeah. And he also says, I bet Jesus could build a sweet house. I reckon. He would have have been an epic builder. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Here we go. This is going to be a guess question for you. This might be a guess question. It's related to the Bible. How many languages, approximately, has the Bible been translated into? How many languages, approximately, has the Bible been translated into? Venus? I feel like it's near 100. All right. What do you guess, Harmony? Uh, I would say 490. With a southern accent. <laughs> Beck? I was thinking like 900. Okay, Paul? I'm going even higher than that. I was going to say, like, are you talking about translated from the Greek uh, from the Greek and Hebrew into a, a known language uh, somewhere else? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to, mate, I'm going to say 3,000. There you go. Oh, okay. Carissa, what do you think? Maybe a thousand. All right. So Paul and Carissa are equally as close to each other and being correct. So therefore, how many languages? 2,000. Yeah, approximately 2,000. That's pretty epic. Now, what event is our calendar based on? Like what event does it go back to? 2,023 years from what? How many? The death of Christ? No. Do you want to try again, how many? The birth of Christ. <laughs> yes, <Sorry. laughs> the birth of Christ. Because <laughs> Jesus died about 30 AD. But yes, it's his birth. Now, BC stands for before Christ. What does AD stand for? Anyone know Venus? I feel like this is a horrible guess because I've heard it's wrong before, but after death, you said AD, right? Well, that couldn't be right, though, because we just realized that it's 2023 years from the birth of Christ. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. All right, let's go to Beck. Uh, it's like, Ad, it's like Adonai or something. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> Adonai. No, Adonai. It's like, it's Latin. Uh, what is it? I'm getting it mixed up with that. Yep, Carissa. Isn't Adonai just like another name for Lord or something? Yeah, that's why I'm getting it confused. Isn't it like Anno Domini or Anno Domini or something? 
Well done. Yes. And yeah, a, similar. And a domini or something like that. Yeah, you're right. So it's basically Latin phrase, as you mentioned, and it means the year of our Lord. The year of our Lord, as in the year that he was born. Okay. What was unique about Goliath? Paul. Uh, he was tall and got hit in the head with a stone. You are correct. He is very tall. He's, what, eight feet tall, ten inches. But there's something else unique about Mr. Goliath, man. His physical appearance. What else is unique about him? Beck. Am I getting this confused? He had like six fingers or something like that? Correct. He had six fingers and six toes on each of his hands and feet. Yeah. <laughs> Harmony's confused. She's like, what? <laughs> You're, yeah, that's another unique thing that people often don't remember about Mr. Goliath, man. Okay, next question. Okay, um, let's do another one. What did Peter find in the mouth of a fish that he caught? How many? A uh, coin. He did. He found a coin. Let me just pick this up. Yeah, a coin. And what was the coin for? How many? Oh, paying taxes. Yeah, to pay the temple tax there. Nice work. Okay, next question. What do we call the first four books of the New Testament? Carissa. The Gospels. Yes, we do call them the Gospels. And the first three books of the New Testament, we call what kind of Gospels? Synoptic Gospels. Yes, and synoptic is just a fancy word that means similar. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very similar to each other. Have you noticed that? Very similar stories. John, quite a bit different. And what does the word gospel mean? Venus. Good news? Yes, you would be correct. It means the good news. And that is what the apostles were sent out to proclaim, but not just them, but even us. And that's what we get to do. Okay, next question. What is the most sold book in the world? Paul. Harry Potter, I mean the Bible. <laughs> it would be. Notice, though, you never find it on the New York Times bestseller list because it would always be first. And fun fact as well, it's also the most stolen book. Bookstores say that of books that are most stolen out of their shops, it's the Bible. Quite interesting. All right, let's do some of your bonus questions too. <laughs> You guys are doing well. 
in the chat getting all these answers right good to see you're answering it now mr paul what is your question my question today would be who put the who who was the high priest that put jesus on trial mm, carissa Um, yeah, once, once the person, once someone says his name, I feel like I'm remember. Okay. Yeah. Anyone else help out? Uh, how many? Oh, sorry, Ryan or how many? Go. How many? Sorry, okay, okay. okay. How many is passing to me? Uh, that would be Caiaphas. Yeah. yeah. And Craig getting that in the chat. Well done, Craig. All right. Beck, what's your question? Okay, this is like multi-answer. Um, what were some of the things that Jesus himself predicted? Some of like Jesus's own prophecies. Um, Venus, his death and the betrayal from one of his yep. apostles. I think the word is. I got confused between disciple and apostle. Yeah, um, death and yep. I don't know if this one counts, but he. But the when that the rich person rich man came to him, he knew he was gonna walk away. I don't know if it counts, so it doesn't specifically say he that he predicted that. Like he obviously knows everything, but <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, sorry. I know it's good. Um, Paul. His resurrection. Yep, his resurrection. How many did you have, Natalie? Uh, in a way, his return, but he didn't give us a specific day that when he'd return. True. Yeah, yeah, he's predicted his return. Right? Did you have? Or Judas, Judas's betrayal. Yeah. Peter's Peter's denial. Yeah. John's. Hmm. John's death, yep. and Pe Peter's death. Yeah. Oh, Peter's death and. John. I'm not sure if anything to think about John, was it? No, that was just the rumor thing. <laughs> um, Paul? Wasn't there another time when he was at a Passover or an event? I can't remember where, but he knew people were coming for him and he skipped through the town. There was a time where he there were people who were mm. going to get him and he just simply slipped through, but that wasn't like prediction. Okay. Um, he also, well, I guess it's not, he mentioned that they were going to be scattered as well, like the disciples. That was based on an already prediction from previous, but he mentioned it. Oh, yeah, how many? I know this is random, but whenever they were at the wedding in, um, oh, I can't remember, the, it starts with a C, uh, Canna or something like that. Um, like, yeah, um, that his mom was like, you know, like help out with whatever. And he said, my time hasn't come yet. Like he kind of in a way said something like that. Like he knew, yeah. Basically predicting like in some ways that he would, there was a particular time in you. Yeah. Good job guys. Nice work. All right, Carissa, it's your moment to shine. <laughs> um, what are the first five books of the Bible called? Two specific names I'm looking Two. That was four. Venus. Wait, sorry, can you repeat the question? 
what are the first five books of the Bible called? First five books. Okay. Um, does it have to be in order? No, no he's like, asking about the name of the collection of first five books, not not what they oh, are. Oh, um, the Torah? Yep, and something else. Can't remember. Paul? Is it the like the Pentateuch? Is that how you say it? Yeah, Pentateuch. Pentateuch, yeah, we get that from the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament. Pent means five. So that's why it's called Pentateuch. All right, Tamani, your, your question. All right. Jesus said he came to give his life as a what for what? Oh, Paul. I'll give it to Krista. She hasn't answered many. Okay, Krista. I thought I did answer at least one. Okay. Um, he gave his life as a ransom for many. Yeah, good job. And Venus? So I once wanted to finish this um, proverb where there is no vision and then someone else, you finish the rest. Ryan? The people cast off restraint. I assume so. In, in this it says the people perish, but it might just be the translation thing. Awesome. Cool, thanks for that. And Glenn... Can you recite? Can you recite for us Galatians one ten? <clears throat> one ten. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Well done, man. You got that spot on. Yeah, repetition. Speaking of repetition, let's get into the song of the week. <laughs> Okay, you guys ready to get those singing voices going? So everyone in the YouTube chat, sing along as we do this because repetition gets the song into your head and that's helping you to memorize God's word. Okay, so let's do this. I'm going to ask Harmony, can you do five solos? I'm going to ask Paul, can you do John 3.16? All right, I'm going to ask Glenn, can you do Galatians 2.20? No, you can't. All right, you're good. Um, we'll go to Carissa, can you do 1 John 4.10 for us? And then we'll get back to do the to this week's song. Sounds like a plan? Okay, so... Let's go as quick as we can in between. Let's not have any breaks between. And you guys sing along as we do this. All right, go harmony. Okay. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, all for the glory of God alone. Sorry, found in the scripture alone. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not 
John 3.16. Come and train everyone that I've told before to come and train. So it's me next. <clears throat> um, Galatians 2.20. I'll probably forget the song. I'll try. Um, have been crucified with Christ. No, I can't remember the tune. <laughs> All right, Chris. Start me off. Do you remember how does it go to start? I have been. Give me one more word, Carissa. Crucified. Okay. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20 In this is love Not that we have loved God But that he Send his son to bear the wrath for our sins. First John 4, verse 10. Nice, and I'll do Ephesians 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast Ephesians 2 8 and 9 okay to the new one this week in him you also when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and believed in him was sealed with the promised hope Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory? Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14. That's right, everyone. That is the new song for this week. Uh, it's a really good one. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 talks about when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we believe, and the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our in eternal inheritance. Steve says this is a nice one, but tough. Yeah, so I will play it a few more times, get into your head, and then it won't be long before you're singing in your sleep. So, Beck, do you want to do it again for us? And then we'll get some others to have a go at it too. Okay. I'm trying not to play too loud. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, was sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of to the praise 
his glory. Ephesians 1 verses 13 and 14. Sounds really good, Beck. Really, really good. All right, I'm going to give it a try. Here we go. FCG is the chords. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. To the praise of his glory. Ephesians 1 verses 13 and 14. Carissa, your turn, and you can do the death drums for us as well. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him. We're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. To the praise of his glory, Ephesians 1 verses 13 and 14. Sorry, I messed it up a little bit. Hey, that was great. With the desk drums, even. So good. Harmony, your turn. All right. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the Sounding good, Harmony. Sounding very good. All right. Paul, do you want to give it a try, man? Sure. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise, Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Until we acquire possession of it To the praise of His glory Ephesians 1 verses 13 and 14 Yeah, nice work there. <laughs> Getting into it, Paul. That's good, man. Very good. How you doing, Glenn? Getting it a little bit? Let's see. <clears throat> All of a sudden, I got a frog in my throat. <laughs> uh, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, was sealed with the promise. Now, it kind of went a little bit longer. Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I'm losing the tune now. <laughs> Who is the guarantee? 
of now I've lost the tune now, our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. One yes. 13 and 14. <laughs> Good job, man. You're getting it. You did really well. All right, Beck. You're going to play it again for us. She's got the words up so you guys can look at it visually while you listen to it. I think that's a key to try yes. and remember it. <clears throat> All right. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, was sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. To the praise of his glory. Ephesians 1 verses 13 and 14. So good. It's a really catchy tune, isn't it? A really catchy tune. And this verse, I think, helps us to see that the gospel is enough. Like, the gospel is enough. It's enough for someone to hear the gospel, to believe in it, and they have that guarantee of that inheritance that's promised for them. They didn't need to see a miracle. They didn't need to see something else. They didn't need to speak in tongues. They just hear, believe, and are saved. Now, based on this verse, is it possible for someone to lose their salvation venus um no it's not and it's a parallel to i think a verse in john where i will the father draws them and he will never i will never leave them if that makes sense yeah so paul let me ask you what what in this verse makes us know that we can't lose our salvation the word guaranteed the guarantee of the promised Holy Spirit. Yeah. So what does guarantee mean, Harmony? Um, basically like a promise or like not just a promise, but like confidence that God is faithful to carry out or he already carried out um, what he promised. Like he's good on his promise. Um, yeah. But why couldn't God just promise it? Why, how does this relate to the Holy Spirit? Glenn. Good question. <laughs> That's literally the question in my mind. I don't know. Okay, let's go to Beck. So the Holy Spirit is like the down payment from God. That sounds like bad in a way, but it's just the language of like guarantee. Like when, when someone is a guarantee, like, when you when you get a deposit and you put i mean sorry when you get a, like when you get a house let's say or something and you put down a deposit you're putting the deposit down to as a guarantee that you will later pay or whatever or like you will later get or like yeah you will pay, pay the up. remainder yes exactly exactly like you the, the left whatever is that the yeah um so yeah so God gives us the Holy Spirit as our down payment saying, 
I've given you the Holy Spirit and this shows that I will fulfill my promise in giving you the inheritance because he is the guarantee. He is the down payment for that. Does that make sense? <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Did that help, Glenn? Um, well, what 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 does that actually, what is the down, like, so does that mean we're going to get a, like, whoa, we're going to get this feeling. And so we've got the whole, the feeling of the Holy Spirit. So what exactly does it mean to get the Holy Spirit as a down payment? Mm, that's a great question. Because you don't feel the Holy Spirit. A lot of people, oh, I felt him in the worship service. No, I think you just felt a bit of emotional response to the music. The Holy Spirit, you know you have the Holy Spirit, not because you feel a warm, fuzzy feeling inside of you, but because you believe the gospel. And you just know that God has promised to give you this spirit, um, the Holy Spirit, who will live inside of you. And this is the promise from God that he will keep his word and give the inheritance that he promised to give you in the gospel. Isn't the gospel telling you that Christ died for your sin to give you the eternal inheritance of being with him in heaven? We're not in heaven yet, though. But how do we know we're going to get it? Because he gives us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will then change us, make us more holy, less sinful. And for those who are Christian, like for us who are believers, we see the change the Holy Spirit's made in our life. We're less sinful than what we were before God saved us. Yeah. And, yeah, so this is a very comforting verse then. So then how could somebody lose their salvation if God gives them the Holy Spirit as that guarantee of the eternal inheritance? It'd be impossible. We'd be basically saying God lied, which would be to insult God. God never lies. Yeah, this is some good, amazing truth, isn't it? All right, Beck. I don't know if you were going to ask another question, but I, um, I was thinking like how like, this also answers this this verse helps answer the pretty common question that people ask about like when you receive the holy spirit and like whether you they like because a lot of people also ask like how do i know i have the holy spirit and usually like certain churches will, will like point to something like outward to know you have the holy spirit which is not the case we can know from this verse that the Holy Spirit is promised from God the moment you believe. So we don't need to have, like you were saying, like a feeling or whatever. It's it's a promise from God that all who believe will have the Holy Spirit. So the moment you believed, you can know that you had the Holy Spirit. Glenn. Yeah, that that's so, I'm so glad you sort of highlighted that um, bit because um, that was the first part of Ryan's answer was not to go to because we can see the change in our lives. The first part was because of what God has done for us. But then Ryan did talk about the other part as well. We will see a change in our lives and, and that can bring, um, well, that that's part of the assurance I think that, that we get is um, seeing the Holy Spirit working in our lives. So, yeah, but what you said was really important. The first part of it is what it's saying in this verse. It's, it's what God's given to us. Absolutely. And if we think that a future sin we could do 
could make us lose our salvation, then we're thinking our salvation is dependent upon our obedience and not based on what Christ has done for us. Yeah. Now, this is not saying, therefore, we go and sin and do whatever we want. No, not at all. But we we can't lose sight of the... In, in the opposition to lawlessness, we don't go to legalism. Instead, we walk the the fine line of, no, we are saved by grace, through faith, not by any works, not by any obedience. But yes, a changed lifestyle will inevitably result. Beck? Another thought is, and like, I guess there's a question in this. So like, this verse obviously then also shows that the Holy Spirit is a gift. It's not something that we can somehow earn by doing a, an, a good action. So like, we don't get the Holy Spirit upon baptism, because that would be like earning the Holy Spirit by what we do. And it makes me think of like, um, in the book of Acts, when Simon the magician, like wanted to have like, the ability to give like the Holy Spirit um, kind of like by the laying on of hands or whatever, and he wanted to like buy in that sense, like buy, like he was like, Oh, how much, how much can I give you to have this ability to give other people like the Holy Spirit or something? And Peter's like, No, like you can't buy the gift of God, kind of thing. So uh, leads into a question of like, So where do people stand? Where, like, where do people stand when it's when they think that? they can somehow earn the Holy Spirit. So say they say, oh, like I, like you receive the Holy Spirit by baptism. Does that go against the gospel any kind of way? Like what, what, what do you think? Um, I thought Paul was going to answer that because you put it unmuted accidentally. I've got it mixed up, sorry. Oh, good, man. If somebody says that you you get the Holy Spirit at baptism and therefore you're not saved until you have the Holy Spirit, because every believer has the Holy Spirit, right? Um, then they would be trusting in baptism to save, which is works, which means they wouldn't be saved. Yeah. Yeah, but if someone is trusting in Jesus paying for their sins but they just think so they, they, they're like i believe that and so i'm saved because of that but i'll get the holy spirit at baptism or something it's just a wrong theology but they're not it's not about the gospel but if they do say no you're not saved until you receive the holy spirit at baptism then obviously yeah then that's trying to earn the gift of god of salvation even obviously yeah okay yeah that's good. All right, Beck. Well, do you want to sing for us once more the song, and then we'll pray. Then we'll get maybe Glenn to pray after you sing it for us. Sorry, I'm slow to do things. Okay, I got the words up now. Okay. Um, in Him you also, when you had the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and believed in him.
sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. Ephesians 1 verses 13 and 14. I think Glenn was going to pray. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I was like, what's happening? <laughs> Father, thank you so much for, um, yeah, for the, the promised inheritance of, of what we're going to uh, eventually get, Lord. I thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit. You saved us by your grace. And, um, yeah, you're, you're growing us uh, in your likeness. And, um, yeah, just ask that you would help us as we continue to um, share your good news um, of, of Jesus with, with others. And, yeah, we just pray that they would come to receive your Holy Spirit as well in your timing and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you agree with Glenn's prayer, make sure you guys um, say amen in the chat. But it's time to go onto the virtual streets of Amigo to share Christ. Here we go. There are 38,000 people on. Looks like my first two chats. Have a look at this. We're very close to each other, both in Missouri. <laughs> That's interesting. Oh, Beck, one more thing. Oh, just Madison brought up a really good point um, or question and to do with the Holy Spirit. Um, she said, so like the whole like deliverance stuff, like Christians being possessed by demon spirits, is that, um, I thought because we're saved and have the Holy Spirit, we can't be possessed. What's, yeah, maybe just. Yeah, definitely Christians cannot be possessed by demons. Um, Christians have the Holy Spirit inside of them and God protects us from the evil one. So therefore this whole idea of, I saw someone the other day was trying to was baptizing these Christians and beforehand just casting out demons out of them. Hold up. If you're casting out demons out of someone, then it mustn't be a Christian. A Christian cannot have a demon um, possessing them in any way. Hopefully that's helpful. Cool. Well, let's get into these chats. Lord, may you save these people, if that be your sovereign will. Hey. Hey man, how are you? Good man, we're good. We've, we've chatted many times before. I remember that. We chatted many times before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I won't take up a time, but just have you given any more thought about Jesus taking your punishment? Yes, and the thing is, uh, you keep on misleading me with all the references that you give, and oh, again, we are back to square one where Jesus never claimed that he took away the punishment of mankind. Oh, absolutely he did. He said he came to not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. But if you want him, man, check it out. We're doing ha we're having some chats, so you can check out maybe the next chat we have on YouTube with someone, needgod.net. Yeah, sure. Yeah, nice to meet you, Good to see you again. Hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Hey, you're a Christian yourself, man? 
Of course. Yeah. Oh, good, man. Yeah. So do you think that you'll go to heaven? Yeah. Yeah, nice. And why do you think you'll go to heaven? Um, because I accepted Jesus into my heart. Okay. What does that mean? I believe. Exactly? It means you believed he died on the cross for your sins. Right. And so how sure are you out of 100 that you'll go to heaven? 100. 100%. That's good. Because if God was to judge you <coughs> purely based on how you've lived, would you say that you deserve heaven or hell? We deserve hell. Yeah, exactly. We deserve hell, but we get to go to heaven because of Jesus, right? Dying for us. Right. And would you say that we, we accept that simply by faith alone, trusting that he died for our sin? Yes. Good. So then what if you trust in Jesus today, but then you sin again five times tomorrow, and then you died? Would you go to heaven or hell? <laughs> you ran away. That's funny. Hey. Aiden, do you like Jesus yourself? There you go. There you go. Can you? Oh, you can't hear. Well, what I'll do, I'm doing a YouTube live. Maybe you could listen into the next conversation that we're doing. Needgod.net on YouTube. Check it out, okay? Yeah, nice to meet you. Hey there. I like your platypus. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. His name's Perry. So, I, yeah. do you like Jesus yourself? I do. Awesome. Me too. And so, okay. do you think that you'll go to heaven? Yes. Yeah, nice. And why do you think God will let you into heaven? Because I'm saved. And, yeah, nice. You know? Yeah. So, how, do, how does someone get saved? You ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Okay. And for him to come into your heart and stuff. All right. And so does that pay, does that kind of get rid of all the past sins you've done? Yep. And what about any future sins you do? Well, you try your best not to do future, like you try your best to not sin. And if you do ask him to forgive you and apologize. Okay. Let's say in a court of law, a criminal is found guilty of breaking the law. He then says to the judge, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. Would the judge just let him go free? Probably not. No, and that would be the same with God. It's good that we ask him for forgiveness. Unless there is evidence of. That was interesting. She didn't want to be convicted. <laughs> wow. Hey, how you doing? Yo. What's up, man? Hey, man. Hey, you're Christian yourself? I am Christian myself. I watch your TikToks all the time, bro. Oh, praise God. <laughs> That's good, man. Man, that is crazy. <laughs> so how sure are you out of 100 that you'll go to heaven? I'm 100% sure. Yeah, nice. And why are you 100% sure? Um, Because I'm actually like, I come from like not so much of a heavily Christian family. Mm -hmm. And so I like struggled a lot with faith. Yeah, And I was kind of lukewarm my whole life because I had that kind of like thought of God. But as of, it was March 25th, the day I remember. So I don't know how many days ago that was, but not too long ago, I decided to really devote my life to God. I spent all my time studying in the word and believing in Jesus Christ. And I go out and I preach to everybody. And that's really what I got on Omegle for, just to like talk to other people about God. I just, wow. it's become my passion. That's awesome. I, um, make music about God. I 
I preach to, you know, people around my age, my peers, and try to get them on the right okay. track. Good on you, man. Now, would you say that's why you're, you, you'd say you go to heaven? No, I think I'm going to heaven because, like, I got Jesus in my heart. I know he's my Lord and Savior. So everything else that comes with, that's just, it just comes with my faith. It's just something that I'm passionate about, so that's what I do. Right, right, nice. Now, why does, we said Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Why does that get you into heaven? Because to get into heaven, someone has to atone for my sins. They have to be forgiven in some right. way. Yeah. So Jesus, he, and uh, I was talking to one of my friends about this, like, well, why did he have to die? Why did he have to get on the cross? Like, that's so, like, like they didn't understand. And I was telling them, like, because you do so much bad in your life. We're all, like, this world is sinful as it is. And so someone has to take the punishment for that. And Jesus, he came, and that's what he did, and we just got to have faith in that. Right. You got it, man. Good answer. Because if God was to judge you based on how you've lived, would you say you deserve heaven or hell? I, I deserve hell, man. Yeah, me too. We all do because we've all sinned. But because Christ died for us, we go to heaven. So what would what if you trust in Christ today that he died for your sin? Then tomorrow you did five more sins, and then you died. Would you go to heaven or hell? I'll go to heaven. All my future sins are paid for because yes. I got salvation. Yes, absolutely, man. So then does doing good things have any part in getting you into heaven? Mm, I really don't know about that because, you know, the verse faith without works is dead. So, like, you can have faith, but then it's not something that I feel like I have to do, but it's just something I like I do. And I don't know. I feel like once you truly have faith, you do it, but I don't know if you have to do it. Right, because were we going to heaven because of what we did for God or because of what he did for us? What he did for us. Right, so then would our good or... actions have any part in getting us into heaven? No. No, we just do good actions because we're grateful to Jesus for what he's done, but we don't do the good actions as a requirement to go to heaven. You see that? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then... Does someone have to spread the gospel to go to heaven? No. No, you're right. Does someone have to get baptized to go to heaven? Mm -mm. No, you're right. That's good. These are good things, but, yeah, they're not saving us. So then what if one of your friends said to you, I think I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. Would that friend go to heaven or hell? They go to hell. Yeah, and why? Because no one's taking, like, because they don't believe that Jesus took that punishment for them. Right, so they take their own punishment. But what if you had another friend who said, I'm going to heaven because of two reasons. First reason, because Jesus died for me. Second reason, because I'm a good person. Where would that person end up? They're going to go to heaven. Now, are they trusting only in Jesus to get them into heaven? No, they're trusting in themselves. Right, so 50% Jesus, 50% themselves. So then do they really believe that Jesus died for all of their sin? Not entirely. No, so then where would they go? Hell. Yeah. You see that? I, I feel like that that kind of plays like you know the verse uh a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit and the same uh evil tree cannot bring forth or like corrupt fruit, something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know the one. Yep. So, so the person that has like they say, oh, I'm a good person and Jesus died for my sins. I feel like a 
you have to be a good person to go to heaven, but like you have to have God first because like it's gonna come with it. If you truly believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to be a good person. You know what I mean? It'll result. But I think it's really important that we see that the being good and obedience is a fruit of the fact that we are saved, but not doesn't play any part in us getting saved. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right, because there are a lot of people I find most professing Christians, when I ask them why they go to heaven, they might mention something about Jesus, but they'll also mention something about themselves. I pray. I ask for forgiveness. I spread the gospel. I do these things for God. And so they're not thinking that Jesus did enough to get them in. They're thinking they've got to make up the difference. Does that make sense? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so that, that means they actually end up in hell. Even if they think it's 99.9% .9 what Jesus did and just 0.1% what they do, they still go to hell because they don't think Christ was enough to save them. Right. I feel you. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so faith of that works is dead is not saying you have to do good works to go to heaven. It's simply saying that if you have true faith, it will just naturally want to produce good works. That'll just be right. evidence of it, not what's saving you though okay man I, i'm still like truly blown i got on this amigo with you that is crazy to me. <laughs> praise be to god <sighs> so and the, the crazy thing is this yeah. is the the first person i came on omega with like i just got on <laughs> that's great yeah. man i was i was reading the word a little bit and i thought to myself you know let me let me look up this and then try to go ask people like certain topics and get a good conversation out. I just got on logged in and I seen your face and I was just like, at first I thought someone like holding up like a, a screenshot or something. I was like, There's no way these are talking. I was like, what? That's funny. As well. Wow, that's hilarious, man. Hey, yeah, God doesn't make mistakes. And so do you read your Bible much yourself? Um, I do for like the past two, three days. I was like, cause I, I have a little brother two years old and when my mom's at work, I got to watch him or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I've been like watching him cause she's like taking two shifts now that we're out of school or whatever. So I just haven't had time to really sit down and put the hours in the reading or anything like that. So for the past couple of days, I've been struggling a little bit, but I just got done reading a little bit, wanted to hop on, have some conversations about God. Yeah. And so what you should do to get you in the habit of reading the Bible every single day, say to yourself, no Bible, no breakfast, no read, no feed. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm gonna screenshot that. Yeah, do that. And where you should begin, like John, have you read through the New Testament before? Have you read through some of that? Um, not the entirety. I've tried reading the Gospels. I've read uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Good. And those are the ones that I've been reading. Good. Well, I'd encourage you to read through the entire New Testament first before reading through the Old Testament, just so it gives you a really good, solid foundation to the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also, if you were to ask your family or your friends why they think they'll go to heaven, what do you think their answer would be? Um, they'll probably say something that's not accurate. They're not really, they're not heavy in uh, Christianity. So if they died today, where are they currently going? Hell. So what could you do to help them not go there? Um, I had this conversation in my church, and um, I get my church to pray. Um for me and my family because i'm really the only one so at first i try like having the discussions with them but since it conflicts their lifestyle they tend to get angry with me because they're like oh you can't tell me what to do and what not to do so what me and my church like are low 
plan. They was just like, oh, just keep doing what you're doing and be the light for them. Let it rub off. Do what you can yeah. do. And just yeah. Pray. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good plan. That's a good plan. And, and your friends as well, you try and share with them. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Everybody. I'm trying to get them to get on that path. Good, 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 good. So if God then was to ask you today, why should I not send you to hell for all the sins you've done? What would you say to him? Because Jesus already died for my sins. He took my punishment. You got it, man. That's so good. That's so good. My name is Ryan. I'm from Australia. What was your name? My name is Alan. I'm from North Carolina, United States. That's so good. Alan, hey, it's so good hearing about your faith and how God's been working in your life. That's so good. And keep on being that light, you know, to share share this good news with the world. I think that'll be a really good thing to do. And Omegle's a great opportunity to try and reach people for Christ yeah. and keep that up. And so, Thank yeah, you for you, teaching me something. No worries, man. And, and yeah, if you're following a TikTok, also make sure you check us out on YouTube. We do a YouTube live stream where you can listen in even to some of the conversations we have in Omegle. So, yeah, like this chat, we're okay. on uh, YouTube live now, so you can um, check that out later. Yeah. All right. Appreciate God bless you, man. you, man. See you. Catch you. Oh, that was cool. Good on Alan. He's getting out of his comfort zone to want to go and share the gospel with people. That's really good. And glad we got to just kind of clarify some of those checking questions with him so that he could fully understand the message. Alfie said, no book, no bacon. Yes, that's right. No book, no bacon. All right. I'm not sure, either seven or eight. Seven or eight, maybe. Can't remember which which one I would put there. Um, I'll just put that. Now, there was a question just quickly from Ashley. What do you think about people who have had near-death experiences and they said they went to heaven or hell and they described it? And there's even movies on it. I'd say don't trust them. Don't trust those movies or books because often those descriptions of heaven and hell that they give are opposite to what the Bible gives about those places. And Jesus said no one has gone to heaven and come back except Jesus Christ who came down from heaven. And so therefore don't put any trust in those people who claim to have gone to heaven. The Apostle Paul had a vision of heaven in Second Corinthians. He mentions that. And God told him he's not allowed to tell anyone about it about what he saw. And so that would be the same case. If someone claims they've gone to heaven, if they did really, they wouldn't be allowed to tell anyone what they saw. Everything we need to know about heaven and hell is found smack bang in the middle of the Bible. Let's go. Let's get another chat. Hi. Hey there. Hey, do remember man. me? Oh, we talked. When did we chat? A few hours ago. Okay. Cool. Awesome, man. Yeah, I'm trying to remember it. Yeah, and so do you remember the way to get to heaven? Yeah, what was it again? Um, you trust in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of your sins. Right, yeah. He took all that punishment for you, man. So how sure are you that you're going to heaven? I'm positive. 100%, yeah, exactly. Because he took that punishment for us. That's good, man. And so I encourage you to keep on getting into the Bible. Do that every day. Uh, that'll help uh -huh. to strengthen you in your faith. Um, 
yeah, that's good, man. And I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember our conversation because it was it earlier today that we talked. I don't remember it. Fully. It was late in the afternoon. Okay. Okay. Now, fair enough. And um, so, did I ask you this question? Does doing good things have any part in getting you into heaven? Mm, depends on what you mean by that. So you're doing good actions, you know, like praying, reading your Bible, going to church. Do they play any part in getting you to heaven? Um, I think being a part of the church is crucial for every Christian. Um, I don't think that's what gets you into heaven. It, you can look at it like this. You, you're you saved to that group. You're not saved because of that group, but you're saved to that group. So do you attend a church yourself? Yeah. Oh, nice. Cool, man. What kind of church do you go to? Presbyterian. Oh, interesting. I'm at a, I'm myself, I actually attend a Presbyterian church too. Um, you do? Yeah, I do in Australia. I live in Australia. Have you ever heard of Have you ever heard of the Federal Vision? Yes, I have. I'm yeah. one of those people. Okay. All right. And as in you, you subscribe to that theology, you're saying? Yeah, I go to a church. It's in the PCA. It's actually Jeff Myers Church, if you've ever heard of Jeff Myers. He's a pretty big advocate for that sort of philosophy. He's not, he doesn't claim federal vision theology. So that's why he's in the PCA, but he's, he listens to people like James Jordan and Peter Lightheart and all those sorts of, we're in the same circles. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so what would you say is unique about that theology? Uh, we believe in a conditional covenant. We don't believe that the covenant, like we don't believe in the covenant of works. We, don't believe that Adam had to work for his um, God's favor. We believe that um, every covenant has a condition to it. Rather, it's the covenant of works. We believe in just the covenant of creation. So the covenant of creation is what God established with Adam and even before the garden, because we believe that Adam was actually uh, put in the garden after it was created. So we believe that Adam watched God make the garden. But um, it's, it's, it's interesting because... We believe that um, works is not what earns our salvation. We do subscribe to faith alone. The joint federal vision statement subscribes to faith alone. And our um, faith, right? So we agree now it's like we have to have faith, right? Yeah. I, I, I took your comment into consideration and I thought about it. Okay, good. And I think our faith plays a big part in it. But ultimately, it's Christ's faith that allows us to have faith. So having faith in Christ is essential for getting into heaven. Yeah. And that's what produces the good works. It's that. It's God working through us. So then does, so does our obedience play any part in getting us into heaven? No. No. You're right. You're right. It doesn't. So would you say... I believe that like if so go back to that question I asked you earlier if God asked you why should I let you into heaven what would you now say to him uh the same thing I said last time uh I think I I, I just said I wouldn't deserve it but I understand that you are patient and kind and you are slow to anger abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness and and even though I don't deserve it I mean I would like to think that 
I have communion with Christ. I, I'm not the bread and wine, but I'm in communion with Christ. I would like to believe that I'm his friend, you know? And so since he's my friend and he died for me, you know, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, he took my place on the cross. So shouldn't that be the only reason? Shouldn't you just point to the fact that Jesus died for my sin? That's the basis of why you let, you can let me into heaven. And I know you will let me into heaven because of that. Yeah. Would you say that? Yeah. So you said earlier mm -hmm. on you're about 80, 90, maybe 90% sure of heaven, right? But how, yeah. much, but how much of your punishment did Jesus take for you? All of it. So right. that means every Christian still gives um, – every Christian, I believe every Christian will still um, not be punished for their sins, but they'll give account to what they did. Sure, but they're in not charged sense. against us because, uh, you know, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So no, no charge sticks against us, basically. Yeah, I, I would say that. We're not really punished for our sins. We're just, um, we are, we're justified. We're justified in Christ Jesus. We're justified because he did what we could not do. And he so was that, the one who was righteous so that, for us. And so that results in you being 90% sure of heaven. Well, I don't know how we can really know that we have enough faith. I mean, is our, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't struggle with assurance of with my salvation. I but believe I think you that. Because if you're only 90%, that is pure struggle. Assurance means I'm 100% certain I'm going to heaven. I could never go to hell. That's assurance. Well, at the same time, there's people who are assured, but they're not really saved. Like, sure, you're familiar the, with, like... I understand, but the basis of what they're trusting in is self and not the Savior, which I think has been yourself. You've been... Initially, you thought it was your obedience, your works, and things like that, that played a part in salvation to be saved. But if if we're saved completely by the work of Jesus, he took 100% of our punishment. How much punishment is left for you to still get in hell? I, I already answered that question. I None. said zero percent. So then if you believe that, then how sure can you be you're going to heaven when you die? Um, I don't know. So it's not that I believe that works plays a part in our salvation. I changed my mind on that like because I, I'm just trying to understand the Bible for myself, but I do believe that uh, our faith is what plays a part in it, and it's Christ's faith that helps us have faith, but that our faith is essential for getting into heaven. I would say that. I would also say that um, faith without works is dead, kind of like what I was going back earlier. I mean, I do believe that it's only our faith that produces those works, but our works are a... They're... they're, they're it helps you have assurance because like, and it, that's not why we do good works. We do good works because we're thankful for what Jesus did for us, but it, it's an evidence of your faith. That's what works is, is an evidence of your faith. But I so think maybe the ground, the ground of our assurance isn't how we're living now. I think the ultimate ground of our assurance is what has Christ done for me? He took all my punishment. How could I ever get sent to hell if Christ already paid for all of my sin? It's impossible if my trust is in him. Because remember, it's mm -hmm. not even the size of your faith. 
Jesus said, you have size of faith the size of a mustard seed. You, you can move mountains. So it's what your faith yeah. is in. Mm -hmm. are, you, are you fully confident that all the punishment you deserve, all the wrath that you deserve from the Father has already been taken by Jesus? Are you full, fully convinced that he's taken it all for you? Yeah, so, I am. So then I'm fully it, convinced. So then is it possible for you to be sent to hell? Mm -mm. No. So then how sure can you be you're going to heaven? I'm 100% sure because I know 100% that the God I worship is true and he's yeah, real. I understand, but the God that we worship will also send people to hell, right? I understand that. But why are you? But I'm 100% sure that I am justified. And why? Because of Christ's work on the cross and my yeah. faith in Christ. You get it. Well, by the very fact that you say because Christ's work on the cross shows that your faith is in Christ. So don't point to your faith as the basis of your acceptance. Point to what your faith is in Jesus, what he did for me. That's the basis of my acceptance. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. yeah. So then, So then doing good things like keeping God's laws, does that have any part in getting you into heaven? No, that's not what gets us into heaven, if that's what you're saying. Yeah, it plays zero part in getting us to heaven, like no part at all, right? Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't help us get in. We can't earn our salvation. Right, exactly. Good, good. So then if somebody was to say to you, I think I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person, would that person go to heaven or hell? I would ask him, well, if you're asking me what I would do, to, like I would no, just no, no, ask no, him no. what makes no, 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 not, not, not what would you do, but like if he's actually saying he's trusting, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person, would he go to heaven or hell, believing that? If that's what he says, I don't think he would go to heaven because, right, he I mean, that's not the basis of his faith. Right. His well, his faith works. is in himself, isn't it? Him being a good person. And so he's got faith, oh, yeah, just faith in the wrong thing. It's in himself, not in, 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 in the Savior. And so goes, yeah, oh. but I would probably just say to that person, what, 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 what good works are you referring to? Like that would be a good thing to ask him. Is is like it makes him think, and it just helps sure. him to yep. realize that maybe I haven't done a hundred percent of what I should have been doing. Yeah, and I don't know. And then we you could, could probably just tell him, well, Jesus paid the price for your sins. You got it exactly. Good answer. But let's say you had a different friend and he said to you, I'm going to heaven because of two reasons. The first reason is because Jesus died for my sin. And the second reason is because I think I'm a good person. Where would he go? Hell. Yeah, he still goes to hell too, doesn't he? Because he's trusting not fully in Jesus. Right? And that's well, why what would you say about the Roman Catholics? Yeah, well, they, they're exactly that. They think Jesus plus baptism, Jesus plus doing some sacraments. Where do you think they'll end up? I don't think Catholics believe that they earn their salvation because we affirm Catholics as Christians. We accept Catholic baptisms as Christian baptisms. So if there was a Catholic who has been baptized in the Catholic Church, but they convert to Presbyterianism, we would not baptize them again because they we would believe that they had a Christian baptism. Well, but that's not because they were Christians. That's under the Presbyterian idea. They were still baptized in the Trinitarian name for Father, Son, and Spirit. And Presbyterians think that you can get baptized even if you don't believe the gospel at the time. You but, see, I can't go back on that. I do believe Catholics are Christians because they have faith in Jesus and because they believe the true gospel. 
Now, is the, is the gospel that we're saved partly by what we do and partly by what Jesus did, or are we saved completely by what Jesus did for us? We're saved completely by what Jesus did for us. And that's not what Catholic, that's not what Catholicism teaches. They say Jesus did his part. You now need to, first of all, get baptized to wash away original sin. Whenever you sin, you got to go to confession, do some acts of penance to wash away further sins that you've done since the time of your baptism. And you got to take part in the Eucharist as well to cleanse further sins. Now that's saying that it's Jesus does his part. We then have to do our part to secure our place into heaven. That's not believing the Christian gospel. Do you see that? I see what you're saying. That's believing faith plus works for salvation. I think it's, you know, it's like faith plus works. If you believe that works earn your salvation, then I think you're in trouble. If you believe that works is a part of salvation, you're still in and trouble. You're still in I'm trouble. no, no, you're not because Why? I believe in the evidential reason. Works no, is an assurance of faith; it's an evidence of faith. But that's not for salvation. So it's not a part of it. Works are a consequence of salvation, a result of salvation. That's, but that's yeah, that's what, what I've been saying. Yeah, but that's not what the Roman Catholic position is. They say works are a necessary part of maintaining or gaining salvation as well as faith now in in galatians the apostle paul he had to write to that church there because they had kind of departed from the gospel to a different gospel because what they were believing there is that they believe yes you have to believe in jesus that he died for you but you've also got to do at least one good work to be saved and they thought it was the good work of circumcision and so Paul says, yeah, that's called Judaizers. They were Judaizers. That's no, no, why no, Paul but, was writing but, to them. But, but, the, but the problem was, was that they were thinking that a good work was needed for salvation or to maintain salvation and that faith alone wasn't enough. And so Paul says, if you accept that, you've actually, Christ will be of no advantage to you and you've fallen away from the concept of grace. I don't think that's because it depends on what circumcision means. And I believe circumcision was fulfilled when Jesus died on the cross. Um, right, so do circumcision. You think, do you think someone has to do good works to go to heaven? Um, it depends on what you mean by that. I don't believe works is what gets us into heaven but does someone i believe that works is an evidence i agree i agree with that 100 percent. but do you think someone has to do good works then to go to heaven um well what did god tell abraham god told abraham if you move out your land and if you uh, go to this place i will show you i will bless you if you do this so then you're saying you think the answer is yes, works are needed for salvation. Um, I don't know how I would say it. I don't want to go too far as to say they earn salvation, and I don't believe they earn salvation. I believe that works is um, it's required. Be well, I don't know how I would say it. I we're don't have we could have the perspective that the bible has when abraham how was abraham declared righteous 
It was not at all by obedience. Because of his faith, his faith made him do that. So what was, how was he declared righteous? By any works or by faith alone? Well, you could argue that good works are a result of faith. Yeah, but that, if but he didn't have faith, then he wouldn't do anything God told him to do. If he didn't have faith, he wouldn't have understand, obeyed. I understand. But when was he declared righteous? When he believed. When he obeyed. No. <laughs> when, he when he obeyed. That's... Have a read of this. This is Romans 4, 1 to 3. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and was counted to him as righteousness. Have you ever read Hebrews 11? Yep, the hallmark of faith. I agree. But let's stay with this for a moment. When was Abraham just justified? Was it by his when he did his works, when he obeyed, or when he believed God and in God's promise to him? You're asking that question as if I agree with what this passage says and I have the same perspective that you have. Well, so, you I mean, I think that's a little passage? bit biased. Do you agree? I do agree passage? with this passage. Okay. I just don't think. When, based on the passage itself, when was Abraham declared righteous or justified? I have to explain what I think this passage means, my interpretation of this passage, because I think that's important in this question, because I don't. I think me and you are different individuals and we think different things. What I think this passage is referring to. Okay. First of all, I know justified means you're part of the covenant community. That's what we, well, that's what I believe justified refers to works is. No, no, hold up. Why do you think that? Why do you think justified is being part of a church? Um, that's not what justified means. It means to be declared righteous, that you are guilty, but God declares you not guilty. He declares you righteous, so you have peace with God. Righteous means, uh, a lot of times in the Bible, righteous refers to covenant faithfulness. No, we're, we're talking about God legally declares you not guilty, even though you are. And it's on the basis of the work of Christ on, on your behalf, dying for your sins. So Abraham... Okay. Was put in right taking that God. when according to this passage, it has to do with why you're justified. Uh, we're justified because we're part of the people of God. No, doesn't say that in the text. So read the text. This read these three verses. I'm trying to explain it and read, no, works don't just refers... explain it. Read the verse. It's read the verses itself. Because I'm not. Remember, I'm, this is not a debate. We're not debating each other. Instead. We just wanted to see what Scripture says about how we are made right before God. Um, I don't know how to do this because you're just going to tell me what your interpretation of the text is. No, I'm not even. If I'm I just, read it. Just read it and see what it says. Just read it for yourself. What when, when then shall we say it? was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by uh, works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Read it word for word. So, so when, when, if you wanna, he, when was he counted as righteous? When was he justified? Uh Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as covenant faithfulness. 
So he was declared right before God, not when he obeyed then, but when he believed. Um. Why aren't you? Why aren't you willing to just agree with that? Because that's pretty clear. That's what Paul's saying there. Well, I mean, I haven't looked into it fully, but I know works is a crucial part of the Christian life. Not for salvation, no. It's as a result of salvation, but not for salvation. Very important distinction. Such an important one. That's why I don't know how to explain it. I mean, because Ephesians two eight nine says we're saved by grace through faith, not by works. But then it says in verse ten, we're saved for good works that God prepared. Yes, I believe that. That's what N.T. Wright says. I do believe that. Well, but hold up. But this is different. You you've been saying that obedience plays a part in actually being right before God which is false. Instead, when someone believes they are right before God and therefore now they are right before God, they do good works, not to maintain salvation, but because they have it and they can't lose it. Mm, yeah, I don't believe we can lose our salvation. Right. I believe we can lose our covenant status, but that's not the same as losing your salvation. Um, yeah, I think when God grasps us in, he doesn't cast us out, right? But the point is, is that Abraham was justified, made right before God by faith, by believing in, in, in Christ. Works played no part in him being justified. So you've been sending me a lot of scripture. Can I send you some scripture? Yeah, we're checking what the Bible says. No, no problem with that. So... Okay. Uh, looking it up. It is. I'm going to pull it up right now. That's for Samuel 2.30. Okay. So. Am I reading it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Therefore, Yahweh, the God of Israel, declares, I did indeed say that your house... And the house of your father should walk before me forever. But now Yahweh declares, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me will be cursed. He breaks a promise here according to Eli's unfaithfulness. A promise think- that he said, this will happen. But he goes back on it because Eli was unfaithful in dealing with his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. So are you saying by this that God will break his promises? Yeah, that's what the scripture teaches. He's not bound to his promises. So God is not bound by his word. He can say something and then he can go against what he said. That's what the text says. You know what what that is? That's called lying, isn't it? He wasn't lying. He wasn't breaking his promises because he was being insincere. He was um, breaking his promise or they broke God's promise is a more accurate translation. Uh, Or it's not really God's never broken a promise. Can you read this text again? I did read it. It's not saying God's breaking a promise. What does it say then? Well, because this, if you read the context of his promise, this promise, it was, that promise was contingent upon their faithfulness. 
That's but exactly what I'm saying. And he went back not, on it because they were unfaithful. I understand, but that's not God breaking a promise then. That's them breaking a promise. That's them breaking God's promise. Because that was a it was they it was dependent upon their obedience. But our salvation Yeah, exactly. So being part of in the land, even being in the land of Canaan, the promised land, was contingent on Israel's faithfulness to God. But that's different to being in right relationship with God. It's not contingent on our faithfulness. As Romans 4 1. Would you say Eli went to heaven or hell? Well, the Bible doesn't answer that. So I can't I can't answer that. But we do know Abraham. Take King Saul, for example. Think of Abraham. King Saul. But hold on, Abraham's the best example because he explicitly is talked about as someone who's justified. And so therefore, I can know Abraham went to heaven because he was justified not by works, but by faith. Because if, if I think, because I think it's N.T. right as well. He sadly thinks it's partly based on works. Yeah. Which, is, which means he's not even saved himself. Anyone who trusts in their works. He's not a heretic. Anyone who trusts in their own works to be saved does not have salvation because they're basically saying. Where does the Bible say that? Where does the Bible say? Romans, yeah, Galatians, Galatians 5 verse 2 and Galatians 5 verse 4 say that if you seek to be justified by any of what you do, you have fallen away from grace. You've been severed from Christ and you've fallen away from grace. Well, I mean, again, what, Galatians, what the Judaizers. What do, think, what do you think grace means, by the way? A free gift. Yeah, free gift. And Paul explains in Romans eleven six. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. We, well, ultimately, our works are gifts from God. That, our works still... are gifts from God. <laughs> because it's not us that's doing it. It's God that's doing it. Are you physically still doing the works? It's yeah, God yeah. who's empowering are, me to. But are you still doing You're still doing it, though. You're still doing it, though. Even if God's giving you the strength, you're still doing it, which is why the Bible says, like circumcision, they were still doing it themselves. But Paul says, if you accept that, Christ is of no value to you. Even though that was a command given from the Lord himself about circumcision. Yeah. Yeah, he had to go. But, um, wow, that is interesting how someone can... Get interest in theology and just miss the gospel. Miss the gospel and want to be justified by self. We made some progress with him. I think uh, hopefully he's going to not ignore these scriptures, but actually really see what they have to say. Beck. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, it just goes to show that who you listen to is very influential and can very much deter you from the truth right if we don't if we don't just look at what the bible says you are literally bringing up verses and he he like you could tell he wanted to avoid them like he want he didn't want to actually just deal with the verse he wanted to like in some ways be catholic and be like no i have to get it in i have to interpret it or what it will like have to there has to be an interpretation of something some kind instead of just 
reading the verse. And then when he did read the verse, you, you could tell he didn't like it. And then, and then, yeah, he just, he, he obviously has been influenced by people who do not know the truth. That's for certain. Rather than actually just reading the Bible for itself, the truth. Yeah. And so, and, and he would be classified within like what they might call a reformed camp, you know, federal vision. Someone asked what is federal vision? It's basically the idea that um, it's related to, they hold, hold usually to post-millennialism that basically our aim is to kind of just make the world Christian, more Christian. They teach that being part of the church, and that's why he kept emphasizing the church, is like what salvation is. If you're in part of the church, you have salvation. If you're not part of the church, you don't have salvation. And they often teach then baptismal regeneration, that you need to be baptized to be saved. We didn't get to touch on that with him. But it's... Yeah, unfortunately. And yet he'll say he believes, oh, I believe in predestination, I believe in this and that. And yet someone can affirm those doctrines and still miss the central message of Christ and him crucified. Would you say, so he obviously Presbyterian background, what, because I know there's two um, denominations of Presbyterian in the um in the US, would he, and one is good and one's not good, what, did that characterize the other, the, like the bad kind of Presbyterian denomination? I don't know. I think he said PS, PCA, which is the more conservative one. Yeah. Um, because the liberal one, it just doesn't even believe the Bible at yeah, all. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like, he doesn't sound like the one, he sounds like it would be the denomination that's better. But, he is very confused, like just confused on the gospel. And to say that, to say that a Catholic is Christian, that you can trust in uh, faith and works and still make it to heaven based on faith because you, you at least have faith. Yeah. I mean, this is, <laughs> this reminds me of Steph and her, her Joe, <laughs> um, who she has asked about before that if someone tr affirms that, it's someone can someone can believe in faith plus works and still make it to heaven because of the basis of faith are they still saved it's like well they've obviously there's something in their own understanding of the gospel that they've missed definitely and that was a perfect example of that yeah that's so true and notice his influence nt right who is just he was nt wrong really because he redefines faith, and this is what this guy did as well. Faith means faithfulness. No, it doesn't. Faith does not mean faithfulness. Faith is trusting in what Christ has done. It's not your faithfulness. It's faith in what Christ has done on your behalf. Notice what people do. People will have biblical words, biblical phrases, even sound right in the gospel but they change the definition of the words. So he's, he said, we're justified, we're justified by faith. You know, if someone's justified, they're saved, all this kind of stuff. But then he wanted to like twist the definition of justification, twist the definition of like faith and whatever. And that's what, that's what 
yeah, that's ultimately what um, cults do and what people obviously who are swayed by falsehood want to do. That's, that's, that's what Satan does. He wants to appear like an angel of light and yet he is actually obviously of the darkness and, and, he, and he makes it seem like it's true but it's so corrupted and, and deceptive. And Misa said in the chat, it's dangerous because at first he seems so agreeable to the gospel. Yeah, that's true. That's what makes false teachers really dangerous is because they can agree with a lot of Christian sounding things, but then they'll subtly bring in some sort of um, false teaching along the way. All right, let's pray from Heavenly Father. Do you pray for that man? Thank you that I got to speak to him twice today, Lord. Lord, what an opportunity that is. And we've made some progress with him. Uh, Lord, I do pray that he will really check out the scriptures, what the Bible says about this very, very important topic. Lord, save him. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn your eyes to the heavens. Our King will return for his own. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will shout. All glory to Jesus. Jesus, to you we lift our eyes. Jesus, our glory and our prize. We adore you, behold you, our Savior ever true. Oh, Jesus, we turn our eyes to you. Yes, we do. We turn our eyes to you. Okay, let's let's go. Let's have another one. Hey there. Okay. Let's hey, you're a Christian yourself? One. Hey, they were listening in the stream. <laughs> I could hear myself. Hey. How you doing? Good. Good. That's awesome. Are you a Christian yourself? Awesome. Me too. I am as well. And so can I ask you, do you think you'll go to heaven? I hope. I hope, but not enough to want to find out, obviously, if she is. But yeah, the person who you're going to meet, you shouldn't have skipped. would love to have a chat with you. Hey there. How you doing? Hey, do you like Jesus? I like Jesus. Hey, I do too. Um, I'm a Christian myself. Do you think that you'll go to heaven? Are we going to talk about Jesus? Yes, absolutely. He's the best subject to talk about. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Yeah. So do you think Jesus will let you into heaven? Mm, I think that's hard to say. Like. I know I've, I, I'm not good, like, all the time I've seen, and I, I I know that, but, like, I don't know if I could see myself in heaven, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, it's that kind of doubt that, 
Mm, Would you say you're not worthy of heaven? I hope. Hope so. Yeah, well, let's... I hope. Hope so. I hope Jesus look for me and recognize me and don't say, I don't know you. Like, right, you yeah, know? I know what you mean. <laughs> and, and, I, and, yeah, thankfully there is a way to actually be certain that we will be led into heaven. There is a way, which we'll talk about in a second. But in your life, have you ever told a lie before? Yes, of course. Me too. I've, I've lied. Have you ever used bad language? No. Wow. Not even one time <laughs> used the bad word? No. That's – I'm really proud of me about that, actually. <laughs> good on you. That's good. What about this? Have you ever been angry or rude to somebody? Yeah. Yeah. So then if these are some of God's standards that God will judge you after you die, would you be innocent or guilty? Well, mm, when I, uh, like, I know that I did something bad, I always say that I'm sorry, you know? Yep. That's good. But just like if a criminal did that in a court of law, would the judge just let him go free? No. No. So saying sorry to God is good, but that doesn't fix our past sins, does it? Does it make sense? But Jesus died in the cross right. because of us. Correct. So if we say I'm, we're sorry, God forgive us, and he forgets about our sins. Well, you're right about one thing. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. But it doesn't say in the Bible that we get forgiveness by asking for forgiveness. Instead, we get forgiveness by faith in what Jesus did for us, not based on what we do for him. Does that make sense? But just before we go there, let me ask you. So if we are guilty of breaking God's law, which we have, which we are, should God reward you for sinning or should he punish you? I don't think God is a God that punishes people. So you don't think there's a hell? Well, of course. I think there is a place for bad people, but I don't think God is a God that punishes people. So who, who sends people to that place? Mm, themselves. Really? So does a criminal break the law, a murderer, does he break the law and lock himself up in prison? Or does the judge send him to prison? So, are you Christian? I'm a Christian, yeah. So I believe the Bible. Okay. And there is a way to you heaven. Go I, to I, a I'm church. Gonna, yeah, I go to a church myself. I go to Presbyterian. And you read the Bible. I believe the Bible every day, yeah. Okay. So, so I do believe there is a way to heaven. I want to share that with you in a moment. But just quickly, before we get there, we have to realize that God is a just God. Would you agree God is just? Is just? Yeah, like he is justice. He will act in a just way. Okay. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, and so just like a good judge in a court of law sends criminals to prison, a good God will send those who break his law to God's prison which is what hell is. Does that make sense? Okay. But 
so 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 let me so that means we have broken god's law we deserve to go not to heaven we deserve to go to hell right Mm -hmm. but there's a way not to go to hell we need someone who can take our hell punishment on our behalf which was jesus christ and that's why he died for us Mm -hmm. and so if jesus takes a hundred percent of your punishment how much punishment is left for you to still get So then if you don't have to go to hell anymore, where do you get to go to? To heaven. Right. So why do you get to go to heaven? Because Jesus died in the cross. Exactly. So not because you ask for forgiveness, not because you're a good person, but because Jesus died for everything bad you've ever done. But it's because I believe and because I've um, said sorry because I've asked for forgiveness that Jesus, that God led me, like, go okay. to heaven. So you think you... If if someone doesn't do this and someone, like, doesn't believe in God, how can that people, like, be in heaven? If Jesus died in the cross, but that people doesn't, like... Right. But do you remember the verse John 3.16? Very famous verse in the Bible. Yep. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So the way that we get Jesus to die for our sin is not to ask forgiveness and to say sorry, but to believe in Jesus that he's already died for our sin. But no, so many people is going to heaven just because they are believed why not didn't jesus do everything needed for us to go to heaven there and trust is in him a certain amount of uh, people that is going to heaven is writing on the bible yeah it doesn't say in number like the number 144,000 is not talking about the full number of those going to heaven that's a symbolic number okay it says in revelation 7 that there's going to be an innumerable amount of people a countless amount of people in heaven which means it can't be 144,000 all right, that's just representing it as a symbolic way of describing a completeness amount of people in heaven, not an actual number. But okay. but the Bible does say we receive this forgiveness not by our works, but by faith in what Christ did for us. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. So therefore, our praying is a good work. It's good to pray. I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to ask for forgiveness. But since we're not saved by our good works, Praying must not be the way that we go to heaven. No. It's by trust. I agree. Good. So therefore, it's not about asking forgiveness. Do you understand that now? Uh-huh. Good. So then let's say today you do trust in what Jesus did, but then tomorrow you do five more sins and then you died. Would you go to heaven or hell? I'll give you a hint. When Jesus died on the cross, did he die for only your past sins or also your future sins too? Oh, right. Okay. So heaven. (laughs) Correct. Good answer. Good answer. But what if you don't trust that he died for your sin? Where would you go? Hell. Yeah, because then you got to bear your own punishment. Now, since you don't want to go to hell, when should you start trusting that Jesus paid for all of your sins? When? Yeah, when should you begin to trust that? Like always. Yeah, well, even from this point on, you should trust that it's not your asking that's saving you, 
but it's what Jesus did that's saving you, right? So then, let's say you are standing before God today and he asked you, why should I let you into heaven? What do you think you'd say to him? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't uh, deserve it, you know? You're right. We don't deserve it. But why do you get to go to heaven even though you don't deserve it? Because, like, you already gave your son to forgive yes. us. Yeah, because <laughs> Jesus already died for me, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so are you going to believe that that's the only reason why you'll go to heaven? So there's only one reason or, yes? One reason. Not many reasons, just one. Yeah. So you believing that from today? I think all my life I've been told, like, if you do good, if you, uh, like, speak correctly and, and you stuff like that, you'll go to heaven. Right. Not only because I believe. And so basically they've been trying, they haven't, haven't been sharing the message of the Bible with you correctly. Because would you agree that heaven is a free gift from God? Yeah, it says that in Romans 6.23. It says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So eternal life is a free gift. Now, if I said to you, here's $20. I'll give you the $20 as a gift, but only if you wash my car. Is that $20 really a gift? No. No, you're working for it. So in the same way with Jesus. He doesn't say, look, I'll die for you, but only if you speak well enough. No. He says, I'll die for you as a free gift. You just got to accept it by trusting he's done that for you. Now, this doesn't mean, therefore, we do bad things. No, we want to live better, of course. But that's just out of thankfulness to Jesus for what he's done for us, not because that actually saves us. That makes sense. And then why does the Bible say, like, uh, like, do not say, like, a bad word yeah. or um, do not or other things or, like, the ten... Ten commandments? Yeah. Yes, this is why. Romans 3.20. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. So God gave us his law, like the Ten Commandments, to bring uh -huh. the knowledge of sin to our minds so that we might realize, wow, I can't keep that. I've already failed at keeping that, so I need a Savior who could die for me. That's the whole, the major point of the law, to bring the knowledge of sin. But now that we trust in Jesus, that doesn't mean we now live against the law. No, we strive to now obey God's rules as a way of saying thank you to him for what he's done to save us. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So then out of a hundred, how sure are you right now that you'll go to heaven when you die? Well, Hundred. Yes, exactly. That's the good news. It gives us the certainty of heaven, not just the possibility of it. So then, does doing good things have any part in getting you into heaven? Mm, 
if we are giving gifts to God, I think yes. <laughs> well, it's good to do. It's good to obey God as a way of saying thank you. But I'm saying, do you have to do good things as a way oh. to go to heaven? No. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. So let's say you had a friend of yours, and he said to you, "I think I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person." Would that friend go to heaven or hell? He'd go to hell, yeah, because he's trusting in himself, isn't he? But what mm -hmm. if you had another friend who said, I'm going to heaven because of two reasons. First reason is because Jesus died for me. Second reason is because I'm a good person. Where does he go? Heaven. But is he trusting only in Jesus to get him into heaven? It's also trusting uh, trusting herself, right? And by trusting in two things, he's now trusting only 50% in Jesus and 50% in himself. Mm -hmm. So then does he really believe that Jesus died for all of his sins? No. Uh, so where does he go? Hell. Right. So think back at the beginning. of. So, if I wouldn't be in the Bible and you wouldn't said to me these things, I would go to hell. <laughs> gone to hell, yeah. But praise God for that he's allowed this conversation to happen so that you could hear this, right? <laughs> and now that you have an understanding of this message, this makes you now want to share this with your family and friends and others who probably don't know the way to heaven, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you ask them why they think they'll go to heaven, what do you think their answer would be? Yes. If, if you ask your family and friends why will they go to heaven, what would they say? Mm, I think some, like my brother, used to be really touched and always like, um, I don't know how to say, servir in the church. Right. Like, and, but he had a girlfriend that was Christian, and that didn't work out, so he left the church. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, probably because he didn't understand this message. He probably didn't understand how amazing this gospel is. But, you know, that is just sad that someone and, like, my brother, True. just my brother for being my brother, It's sad for me that he doesn't believe anymore and he's like mad to God, mad to life, mad to anything that can cross to his life. Wow, yeah. And so you can pray for him, but you can now share this message with him and maybe God could use your words to save him, right? Even your, your mm -hmm. parents and others, people that you know, right? Because chances are they're probably going to think they're going to heaven because they're a good person, right? Yeah, so you can share this with them. Are you a preacher? Yeah, I do preach at church sometimes, but I love to preach to people like on a meagle and just share the good news of Jesus with the world. Do you yeah. have like a, like a church of, or I've got something? A, I've got a, a channel on TikTok, YouTube, or Instagram that you could check out. The username is needgod.net. I am being recorded. Hey, where's you're on our live stream right now? We're doing a live stream, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's awesome. And Where? praise God. And and 
praise God you happen to be on Omegle at this exact time when I happen to be searching and not in a conversation with someone else so that you could hear this amazing message. But let me ask you, do you have a Bible at home? Yes. Cool. Do you read it much? Yeah, I read more on the app, yeah, but yeah. I know. Do you, read it every, do you read it every day? I try. Good. I certainly try. Good. What I encourage you to do, yeah, maybe say to yourself, like, no Bible, no breakfast. No read, well, then no feed. And that will get you into the habit of reading the Bible every single day. Right. Now, let me ask you this. Does somebody have to get baptized to go to heaven? Mm, that, I don't know. Well, based on what we've talked about, would you have to get baptized based on what we've talked about? Uh no. <laughs> no, because we're not saved by what we do, right? We're saved by what Christ did for us. It's a free gift. Does someone have to spread the gospel to go to heaven? No. No. Does someone have to ask forgiveness to go to heaven? No. No. So these are good things to do, but, yeah, they don't save us. We do them out of thankfulness. And so that's good that you've got that good understanding. That would make this conversation like a, a big turning point in your life. If it, if I'm just like in a mental breakdown because I I think like all of my life I've lived in a in a lie. Yes, in a lie. It's true. And and then when you see the beauty of the gospel, it just opens up your your mind and you see how amazing it is. Every other religion in the world is all about having to follow enough rules to try and make yourself acceptable to God, and that doesn't work because we can never keep the rules good enough. Christianity is not about us keeping the rules. It's about what God's done to save us from the fact that we haven't kept them. That's a beautiful message, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So then just remind me, if God was to ask you, why should I not send you to hell for all of your sins, what would you say to him? Because you gave your son. So good. You got that. Jesus died for my sin. <laughs> I'm so glad that you've understood that. And that makes my day. My name is Ryan. I'm from Australia. What was your name? My name is Sophia. Sophia is a lovely name. Sophia, doesn't does that mean like knowledge? Is that the meaning of the name? It's like knowledge? Wisdom. Wisdom, yeah, that's awesome. That's very cool. Yeah, well, do you have any questions you want to ask? Mm, no. Nah, cool. Well, Sophia. I look forward to seeing you up in heaven and grow in your faith now. Get into your Bible every single day to help you grow. And do you go to a church yourself? Yes. Yeah, cool. What kind of church do you go to? It's a Christian, um, I don't know how to say in in, in English. Is it like evangelical? Yes. Yeah. Evangelical, yeah, cool, awesome. Yeah, that's great. I think they'll be better than Catholic churches because um, evangelical churches usually will teach the same message we're talking that we say by grace through faith in what Jesus did and not based on our works. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Sophia, well, thanks so much for the chat. And, yeah, feel free to um, tune into our YouTube live and be encouraged by other conversations that we'll have today. Yeah. Awesome. God bless you, Sophia. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Oh, that was a sweet conversation there with Sophia. I'm glad that God allowed that chat to happen. And I'm going to pray for her right now. 
Heavenly Father, Lord, I do pray for Sophia. Thank you so much for that conversation with her. I do pray that she would be trusting in Christ now and help her to grow in her faith. Thank you that she had that amazing light bulb moment. Um, and Lord, help her now to even share this message with her family and friends. Um, may she share this good news with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And let's hit that encouragement button. And on the day you call me in to heaven's sweet embrace, I see your scars, your open arms, the beauty of your face. Through tears of joy, I lift my voice in everlasting praise. Hallelujah! Christ is risen from the grave. Throughout eternity, a song will be the same. Hallelujah! Christ is risen from the grave. Amen. I love that song. Christ is risen from the grave. All right, we're going to do a couple questions before we get some more chats up. So let's do a small question time. Yes, so Royale asks, which part of Australia I'm from? Brisbane, Brisbane, Australia. Uh, John's asked the question, who are the 24 elders mentioned in the book of Revelation? We're not really given much information on who they are. They're, they're, they seem to be some sort of spiritual being, some sort of creations of God whose purpose is to just worship the Lord continually forever. So they're not people. I don't think I don't think we should think they're humans, but they're some sort of maybe angelic beings that God has created to worship Him forever. Uh, Royales asked, well, "Are there any Christian churches that people should avoid?" Yeah, any church that teaches salvation by your good works and not by Christ alone. So I'll give you some examples of churches that teach its works that play some part in salvation: Roman Catholic, Orthodox. Church of Christ often think baptisms needed. Sometimes Lutheran thinks baptisms needed. Um, you've got uh, a few others. So Anglican churches, like for example in Sydney, in Sydney part of Australia, can be really conservative and really biblical. But in some parts of the world, they can be quite liberal. Like in where we live, you'll see the Anglican churches have these big rainbow flags at the front of their church to support Pride Month and all that sort of stuff. So. It's hard to give a broad blanket umbrella of like this is good and that is bad in terms of churches. But generally, if someone's asking what's a most of the time good denomination, I'd either say probably Baptist or Presbyterian. They're usually good. Not always, not all of them, because some of them can be liberal as well and pretty unbiblical, but just at least gives you a good start if you're looking for a church. All right, and uh, good to have you here, Harold. Welcome. And others, Mr. Bean, good to have you here too. Uh, this one from Christabel. Christabel, what is your... Ah, okay. <laughs> Harold, you're the one who I connected with. Ah, oh, on, on Amigo, but then you skipped on me. <laughs> you shouldn't have skipped on me. No, it's good. Good to have you, Harold. Uh, so Christabel's asked, what is my testimony? 
I once was lost, but now I'm found. Is a one sentence summary of my testimony. But just a bit more in depth one, I was raised with um, Christian parents, Christian family, went to church, all that sort of jazz, but I wasn't a Christian until obviously I came to understand the gospel. No one's a Christian before they come to that point. How that happened, I picked up a Bible, started reading through the New Testament about the age of 15. From that, I saw my sinfulness. I saw that I needed a Savior, and that's when I placed my trust in Him. From that point on, God had God saved me. God gave me His, His Holy Spirit. I was too terrified to share the gospel with anyone for the first two years of my Christian life, but then two years after that, God allowed me to get, in my, get out of my comfort zone, and it's a joy now to serve Christ in that way. This one from Quinn. Does God have a plan for us before we are even born? And what happens if someone rejects that plan? God knows the end from the beginning. And he has an ultimate plan of salvation for some and not salvation for others, you might say. That God passes them by and lets them go to their own devices. But it doesn't mean that God has a specific career path that he's chosen for you or that you must live in that city and no other city, or you must have those friends, or you must have that car, wear that kind of shoes, wear those sunglasses. No, those sort of things, you get the choice of picking all those things, as long as the choice is not a sinful choice that you're making there. And so when you when people put, talk about what is the will of God for my life, well, you read the Bible, and you simply apply the principles given in the Bible to whatever circumstances you find in your life. What's God's will for you? Or whatever career path you want to choose, just don't sin in the process. Christabel's asked, do we have to follow Jesus' commandments? Yes, we should, but not to go to heaven. We follow because we're going to heaven. We do not follow the commandments to go to heaven. Now, Dragon's asked about two verses, and he's asked if these two verses are contradictory. I don't think they will be, but let's have a quick look at the verses and what they say. So the first one was Exodus 20, verse 13. It says, you shall not murder. Hey, that's the Ten Commandments. Exodus 32 is the other one he's comparing it to when it says this. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, put your sword on your side, each of you, and go to and from gate to gate throughout the camp, and each of you shall kill his brother and his companion and his neighbor. Now, this is not murder. Why? Because this is justified killing. Just like capital punishment, when a criminal gets executed for their crimes in the Old Testament or even in today's society, that's not murder. That's justified killing because he's getting what he deserves. And so God, being the judge, can determine when someone gets wiped out. God sent the flood, for that matter, right, to wipe out all those people. And so God allowed the fellow Israelites to wipe out the guilty ones there that had done this idolatry that it was talking about there. So not contradictory at all, because what is the wages of sin? Death. Alex has asked this, Hey man, I've been a Christian since I was a kid, but I believed I had to confess with my mouth and ask for forgiveness to be saved was part of a Peter Ruckman Baptist. Was I even saved back then? No, not if you thought that you had to pray and ask forgiveness and maybe utter a certain phrase out loud to be saved. 
Now, those things are good. Ask forgiveness. It's good to confess the Lordship of Christ. Absolutely. But if you thought that was part of your salvation, no, you weren't saved. Until you came to realize that it's Christ alone. My actions, like asking forgiveness, played no part in saving me. But good to have you here, Alex. Praise God that you're here. Carissa's asked a question about Luke 17. I think that she's reading through Luke at the moment. And she's asked about, is this where people get the secret rapture from? I tell you, in that night, there'll be two in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. There'll be two women grinding together. One will be taken and the other left. Yes, that is where some people try and support a secret rapture from. But context makes it clear that's not talking about that at all. It's talking about the day of judgment. One will be taken in judgment and the other left. And he makes the example of Noah, just like in Noah's day. The people were swept away by the flood water, but only Noah and his family were left. So in this example, then, those that are taken away are those taken away to judgment. Those who are left are the ones who go to heaven. So it's actually the opposite of a secret rapture. Um, it's just talking about when Christ returns. He sends out his angels to gather the unbelievers. And then he also gathers the believers together too. Messi's asked this, how do I get rid of the voices in my head? Ignore them. The more you think about them, the more they'll come up into your mind. When you have these random voices come into your head that you don't want, go and think about something else. Get your mind off it. Don't just say to yourself, don't think that, don't think that. Go and actively think about something else in the place of whatever you didn't want to think about. And then one more question from Carissa, who's continuing on in Luke 17, verse 37. She's asked, what is this talking about? And they said to Jesus, where, Lord? And Jesus said to them, where the corpses, there the vultures will gather. So when you see a whole bunch of eagles in the sky, some vultures flying in the sky, and they're circling. They're circling something. What do you know? You know that there must be some sort of corpse on the ground, some dead animal on the ground that they're circling and they're wanting to eat and consume. Right. And so Jesus is saying, when you see these signs occurring, you know that it is the return of Christ. So when you see Jesus, you see his angels, you know this is the end. Madison's asked, my siblings got matching tattoos with the idea that us younger kids will get matching ones when we're older. I was okay with doing that, but my perspective has changed a lot. I now feel bad doing it. Is it bad? Is it going to be bad if I did do it? What do you fear more? The disapproval of people or the disapproval of God? Always think about that whenever you're peer pressured into something. Whenever you feel peer pressure of compromising what do you fear more the the opinion of people or the opinion of god i think that'll help you to say look even if they wanted you to do it you say nah i don't think i own this body so i'm not going to permanently mark it and then they'll just have to get over it they'll just have to get over it yeah good question really good question Okay, um, Messi's asked this, is there any such thing as justified lying in the Bible? No, there's not. 
Lying is always sinful. The Bible never commends anyone for lying. For, for example, even Rahab, she was not commended for lying about hiding the spies, but she was commended for hiding them but not lying about it. And this is a good way of answering the question. Would it ever be okay for Jesus to lie? You're like, no, of course not. Why not? Because it's evil to lie. Right. So if it's never an instance when, when, when Jesus could lie, then there's never an instance when we can, because we're made in the image of God and we are to be as perfect as our heavenly Father is perfect. That's right. We are ready for some more Amigle chats. We can do more questions a bit later on. So, I think we're going to need someone to do some chats for us. Have we got someone, Beck? Beck, who do you reckon? Do you reckon a Carissa is lurking around in the shadows there? Maybe we'll just have to get Beck up then. <laughs> no, she can't. I know, because I'm doing TikTok Live. Um, or we might have to get a Glenn again, because Paul's training. I don't think I can get Chip's attention. And amen. You keen for some chats, man? <laughs> I, I don't want to put I don't want to throw you under the bus or anything. Unless we can get Harmony back. I'll bring her back into the room. Here we go. Um just quickly while we're getting that all sorted out. Um, Goat has asked this, what about lying for your life? Is that ever okay? No, it's never okay to lie, even if it means saving your life. Because remember, if you're a Christian, are you afraid of death? No, for you to live is Christ and to die is gain. In fact, it glorifies God when you're not willing to compromise God's commands, even if it means you die. Um, and there was also a question from Sylvester. Why is the Catholic Bible false? Well, because they've like, they've got the normal Bible, except they've added in just seven extra books. So if you had the Catholic Bible, you could read it as long as you just don't read those seven extra books, because, or at least you realize those seven extra books are not Scripture. Why? Because the Jewish community did not accept them as Scripture, neither should we. Jesus didn't accept them as scripture. That's why they called the Apocrypha. Apocrypha means doubtful. So you don't. So the Apocrypha. When when did the Catholic Church add that in? They added it in at the Council of Trent in 1546, when a bunch of guys, a bunch of Catholic bishops got together, and interestingly, only what less than 40% of them actually agreed to add it into the Bible, and yet because the rest, a lot of the other people abstained. They sadly added into their Bible and they treated it as canonical scripture, which we know it's not because Jesus didn't accept it as scripture. Now, v, uh, did I see Carissa has appeared again? Has she appeared? She did appear for a moment, but I think she may have disappeared. All right, let's get, is how many ready for some chats? Okay. Yes. I think she's appeared. Harmony. Hit that on. 
Oh, Carissa has appeared, and she has said yes, she can have chess. So how many can actually return? Sell your eyesight for um, a million dollars or both of it. Your your soul is more precious to you, and it looks out of both of your eyes. And so you don't want your soul to be sent to hell, right? And so since you don't know when you're going to die, you don't hear your soul go to hell, when do you think you should start trusting in Jesus as the only reason for going to heaven? As soon as possible. As soon as possible. And so, like I said, I know you had all these other things you wanted to say, but I'm going to encourage you to please think on these things because you don't know when you're going to die. And so please, please, please think about this. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, my friend Selena showed you uh, neatgod.net. Did you write that down or take a screenshot? No, I remember neatgod.net. Okay. My name was Harmony, by the way. What was your name? Daniel. Daniel. All right. Nice to meet you, Daniel. Nice to meet you. Daniel, I pray you'll take this seriously. All right. Thank you. All right. Have a great evening. Bye. All right, Selena, jump into the stream room. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, me and Selena were just having a monkey chat because her Omegle wasn't working for some reason. So that's pretty cool. I would continue to go on with monkey chat, but uh, the problem is, is the filter isn't working for us, but monkey chat is awesome. If you guys never saw it before, I wish we kept doing it because then you can like have two people talking to one person and it kind of is like the equivalent of going into the streets and sharing the gospel and then, but yeah. That was awesome. Um, I am going to, oh, I should probably pull her back into the room because she doesn't, uh, she's more new. But yeah, okay, I'm just going to pull her back in. Um, Selena, you back? Yeah. Okay, how do you think that chat went? We'll just talk about that real quick. I don't really think he, like he was just trying to find out excuses not to, not to trust God. Mm, yeah. That's true. He kind of wanted to debate. Yeah, I don't um, think he was really willing to like put his trust into God. And then he was like cherry picking the Bible by saying yeah. like he doesn't believe the Bible, but then he brought up stuff from the Bible. Yeah. Hey, Selena, you did really well. Um, at one point, um, like I, I, <laughs> I went over everything. We went through the law and stuff, and then you went right back to the law. I'm like, wait a minute, we just spoke about that, but. Yeah, we can talk about that later, but you did really, really well. Um, maybe just listen to the chats for the rest of the night, and we can try to work on your Omegle or OmiTV later. But, girl, you did really well. And, um, yeah, it's so good to have you on the team, Selena. Thank you. All right. I am going to share chats for the next bit of time. <laughs> I'm kind of sweating because summer's it's getting kind of humid in here. But, anyways, God is good. Um, Selena, I'm just going to mute you real quick and we're going to, here we go. Okay. I think you guys can see my screen and yes, I open on the dark mode. Okay. There we go. All right. Praise the Lord on that chat. Oh, we got to pray for him. His name was, Ooh. started with something. Daniel. His name is Daniel. Daniel. Thank you, Selena. I was like, wait, Andrew? It wasn't Andrew. <laughs> right. My brother's Thanks. name is Daniel, so that's how I remember. Okay. Selena, you want to pray for him? Yeah. Good. Um, Good. Heavenly Father, I pray that you help Daniel in whatever he's going through, that he stopped doubting your existence and doubting you and the sacrifice that you made, that you help him in life and that you help him believe more and in, more into you. 
and that he may be able to read his Bible and get understanding from you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Selena. All right. I'm going to mute you. You one more. Oh, you did it. Oh, sorry. I accidentally asked you to unmute. Okay. Now let's go. All right. Yes, Lord. We lift up Daniel. Thank you for that chat. And um, yeah, thank you for this way that we can talk to people online and may these people come to trust in you before it's too late. And we pray for this next chat. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's go. I love hey, you. how are you doing? You are really pretty. Now, now it's okay. I have a question for you, though. What? I have a question for you. What do you think happens to us after we die? Any idea? We either go to hell or heaven. Hey, I agree. And so do you think based off of how you've lived, do you think you deserve to be rewarded or punished by God? Rewarded. Really? Okay. I would say I don't deserve to be rewarded. Have you ever lied before? A lot of times. Yeah, me too. Have you ever been angry with anyone? Yeah, but not physically hit them or anything. I Like with my brothers, I get it, but yeah, not anyone else. Yeah, and I've been angry with many people before. Have you ever taken something that didn't belong to you? Oh, you have? Yeah, me too. Sorry, I had a filter up, but I'm going to take it down. Okay. Yeah. And so if we've committed crimes against God, does it look like we're guilty or innocent of breaking some of his laws? Well, it depends what type of crimes, to be honest. Yeah. Well, how many crimes do you have to commit to be guilty of committing a crime? Pretty much not a lot. There's, you. all you just got to do is ask for forgiveness. Well, I'm, I'm talking about here in society, though, real quick. I mean, how many crimes do you have to break to be guilty of breaking the law? Oh, I don't know. Just one, right? I mean, if you cross the street illegally, you, you break the law, right? And so you just commit one crime and you're guilty, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so that's the same thing with God. We break one of his laws and we're guilty, and so since we have committed crimes against God, does that look like we deserve to be rewarded or punished by him? It depends, honestly. If you truly think it was a mistake and you ask for forgiveness, I'd say you're not that guilty. Yeah, well, think about it this way, though. If you would go commit five serious crimes in society and say, Judge, I'm guilty, I deserve to be punished, but please forgive me. Do you think he'd just ignore your crimes and let you free? Mm -mm. And that's the same thing with God. We break his laws. He won't just ignore them if we ask for forgiveness. Although that's a good thing to do, it won't get rid of our punishment. And so what would that punishment look like that we deserve? Would that look like heaven or hell? Oh. Yeah. I don't think you want to go there, right? Mm -mm. And so since we're still alive, how do you think that you can avoid going there? By doing good. Okay. What if you do five crimes and then decide to stop doing bad, but do good things? When the police come to arrest you, do you think they're going to ignore your crimes and look at your good deeds? Mm -mm. And so that's the same with God. That won't work either. But what if someone would be willing to stand in your place and take your hell punishment for you? If they do that, is there anything left for you to take? Mm -hmm. No. And so where would you be able to go if you don't have any hell left to take? 
Well, there's only one place to go, right? If you don't have hell to take, you get to go to heaven, right? Do you know anybody that would be willing to do that for you? No. And there was actually someone that was willing, and this person was perfect, and that was Jesus. That's why he died on the cross. And so if Jesus takes your hell punishment as he's dying on the cross, how much hell is left for you to take if he's taking all of it? None. Exactly. And so where do you get to go? Heaven. Yeah. Now, why do you get to go to heaven now? Because Jesus died on the cross, maybe? Yeah, exactly. And so Jesus already paid for this completely. He offers to take all of your hell punishment and to give you heaven for free. And so how you receive this gift is you just trust that what Jesus did on the cross, that that's the only reason you could go to heaven. And that's the only reason you don't have to go to hell. Does that make sense? Okay. And so what would happen if you died today not trusting in Jesus to take your hell punishment? Who's left taking it for you? Um, if Jesus isn't taking your hell punishment, who is it left on? Satan. No, Satan's going to take his own. But if oh. Jesus offers to take your hell punishment and you're not trusting in him to do that, you're left taking your hell punishment, right? And so since you don't know when you're going to die, when do you think you should start trusting in Jesus as your only reason for going to heaven? Every day. Well, I mean, wouldn't you have to start at some point trusting in what Jesus has done? And so don't you think right now would be the right time to start trusting in what Jesus did? Yeah, I hope you would too, because you don't want to take your hell punishment. I promise you that. And so let's say right now is the moment you're trusting that Jesus is the only reason you get to go to heaven, the only reason you don't have to go to hell. But then after our chat, you go do five more sins and die. Do you think you go to heaven or hell? Hell. Why hell? Because I sinned, even though I said I wouldn't. Yeah. What was the reason we were avoiding hell and going to heaven, though? Do you remember? Well, we deserve hell, but God made the way so that we wouldn't have to go there. How did he make that way? By dying for us on the cross. Spot on. Now, how much of your sin does Jesus offer to die for? Well, doesn't he offer to die for all of your sin? Yeah. And so how much is all of your sin? Is that just your past sin? Or... Would that also include your future sins that you do tomorrow? Future. Yeah. And so if you did five more sins after trusting in what Jesus did, where would you go? Hell. Why hell? I mean, because... You got this. You got this. The only, okay, so I'm going to repeat the question, and you nod if this makes sense, okay? You're doing good, by the way. So you're trusting today that Jesus is the only reason you get to go to heaven, the only reason you don't have to go to hell. You do five more sins and die. You'd still go to heaven because Jesus didn't just die for your past sin. He died for your future sins. So even the sins that you do tomorrow, you'd still go to heaven because Jesus died for all of your sin. Does that make sense? It doesn't? Okay. Um, so how much of your sin does Jesus offer to die for again? 
how much how much does um all how much does all look like does that look like everything yeah and so everything wouldn't be like 25 percent right no it wouldn't look like 15 percent or 95 percent how much would all look like So here's, here's a good example. If you got a speeding fine that you couldn't pay and the judge says, hey, you better pay this right now or you're going to go to jail to pay it off. Now, if I had the money and I paid it for you as a free gift, would there be anything left for you to pay if I paid for all of your speeding fine? No. And so would you go to prison? No. No, you'd be free to go because I paid your, your fine, right? Yeah. And so if Jesus dies for all of your hell punishment, if you do five more sins and died, would you go to hell? You wouldn't. You'd actually go to heaven because he died for all of your sin. Just like I paid for all of your speeding fine. There's nothing left for you to pay. You get to go free. Jesus died for all of your hell punishment. And so you would still go to heaven. Does that make a little bit more sense? So what if you do a hundred more sins in this next year and die? Where would you go? Heaven or hell? Hell. Would you go to hell though? No. No. You wouldn't go to hell. Why? You got this. I know you have this, but I know... Like it, it's, it is kind of hard to understand. Um, so let me think, let me think. You, you'd still go to heaven. I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, some people will use a pizza example. Like if I made a whole pizza and someone made, ate all of it, is there anything left? No. And so if Jesus dies on the cross for all of your sin, even your future sin, and he there's nothing left for you to take, no hell punishment left for you to take, even for the future crimes you do. Would there be any hell punishment left for you to take? Mm -mm. No. And so where do you get to go? Heaven. Heaven, yes. Why? Maybe, maybe this will help, right? So we deserve hell. What's the only reason we don't have to die, have to go to hell for every sin we've ever done from the beginning of our life to the end of our life. Because Jesus died for us. Yeah. He took the hell punishment for all of our sin. Again, even the crimes against God that we do, even the sins that we would do 50 years from now, a hundred years from now, hopefully we won't live that long. Um, but yeah, he dies for all of our sin. So if you did five more sins and died, if Jesus is taking all of your hell punishment, even if you did five more sins, will you be taking your hell punishment? Mm -mm. No. Why won't you be taking your hell punishment even if you do five more sins and died? Because he died for our sins. Spot on. Just our past sin? In our future. And your future sins. Yeah. Hopefully that makes a little bit more sense. Um, I know I said a lot on that. Um, and so how sure do you think you could be from like zero to a hundred that if you die right now that you go to heaven? Probably 50, 50. Okay. Why 50, 50 do you think? Mm, Cause I'm not really a good person. Kind of. Yeah. Well, are, is anybody a good person? No, no. 
We've all broken God's law at least one time. And what do we deserve for breaking God's law? Do we deserve heaven? No, we deserve hell. And so was our goodness playing any part in us going to heaven? <laughs> it was? Yeah, because we did good. Yeah, but our good deeds to God, that's kind of like bribing a judge. Judge, I'm guilty of committing these serious crimes. I deserve to be punished. But look at these good things I did. That's like trying to say, judge, I deserve a punishment, but here I have $50. Would a judge be happy if you tried to bribe him with money? No. Would a judge be happy if you tried to bribe him with your good deeds? No. And that's the same thing with God. It's good to do good things, but to think that we can do good things to earn God's favor after we literally just broke all of his laws, that would make a judge more angry. And I can't even imagine how more angry it would make God to think that we could earn his, his favor for what we've done. And so um, does Jesus only offer to die for 50% of your sin? No. How much of your sin does he offer to die for? Oh. All of it, 100%. And so if he offers to die for 100% of your sin, can you be only 50% sure that you'd be going to heaven? No. How sure do you think you could be then? 100%. Awesome. Why? Why can you be 100%? You got this. Do you want me to get out my picture again? Because I'm happy. I love this picture, honestly. It really helps me remember. And so why can you be 100% that you would be going to heaven and not to hell? Because Jesus died for our sins. He died for 100% of your sin. That's why you can be 100% sure. Now, does he, again, does he only offer to die for your past sin? Mm -mm. Yeah, you're right. He offers to die for what other sin? Our future sins. Future sins, yeah. And so if he offers to die for not just your past, but your future, you could most certainly be 100% sure, right? Yeah. What if someone came to you today, though, and they said, hey, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. Do you think they go to heaven or hell? Hell. Yeah. Why do you think they go to hell? Mm -hmm. it's okay maybe this will help if jesus offers to die for a hundred percent of your sin how much of our trust should be only in what he did a hundred percent a hundred percent so was this person who said i'm going to heaven because i'm a good person were they trusting 100% only in what Jesus did for heaven? Or were they trusting 100% only in what they did for heaven? In what they did. Yeah. And so were they trusting in Jesus at all? No. So is Jesus taking their hell punishment then? No. Where are they going? Hell. Oh. Spot on. What if someone came to you today and they said something different? They say, hey, I'm going to heaven for these two reasons. One, because Jesus died on the cross for all of my sin, but two, also because I do good things and I haven't done really bad crimes and I asked for forgiveness. Do you think I go? To, do you think they go to heaven or hell? Heaven. Why heaven? It's okay. 
because like Jesus died for their sins, so yeah. Now, did they only mention Jesus as their only reason for going to heaven, though? Mm. Yeah. So, were they 100% trusting only in Jesus then? No. How much were they trusting in Jesus? Well, if it wasn't 100%, it was less than 100%, right? And so some people might say they are trusting in Jesus 50% and themselves 50% or 75, 25, but they weren't trusting only in Jesus. And so even though they mentioned Jesus, where would they be going? Heaven. Well, if they're only, if they're not trusting in Jesus a hundred percent for heaven, are they going to heaven? No, no, they're not. Even though they mentioned his name, they weren't trusting only in him. And let me show you this helpful verse. This is this is actually something that Jesus said. But um, Jesus said, on that day, he's talking about judgment day. He said, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then he replied, I will say to them, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And so they mentioned Jesus as being Lord. They said it twice. They said, Lord, Lord. But were they trusting in him 100% as their only reason for going to heaven? No. They also said that prophesying and casting out demons and doing many works, they, they were trusting in Jesus 50%, but they are also trusting in what they did 50%. And what did Jesus reply to them? I never knew you, right? And so does doing good things play part in us going to heaven? No. What about stopping doing bad things? Does that play part in us going to heaven? Does it? Are you sure? Because you're right, it, it doesn't. But since you answered yes, it doesn't. Because, and I'll get to that later on. But yeah, you're right. Doing good things plays zero part in us going to heaven. If we think it does, Jesus is going to be telling us that. He's going to be saying, depart from me, I never knew you. And so would you say that um, if someone came to you today and they said, hey, I'm going to heaven because Jesus died on the cross for all of my sin, but also because I stopped sinning, do you think they'd go to heaven or hell? heaven okay now how much of our sin does jesus offer to die for again all all of it how much of our trust needs to be in what he did all of it all of it 100 percent. so if someone says hey i'm going to heaven because jesus died on the cross for all of my sin and also because i stopped sinning are they trusting 100 percent only in what jesus did mm -hmm. they are even if they mention that they've stopped sinning as the reason they're going to heaven? Mm. No. They're pointing their finger 50% at what Jesus did, and they're pointing their finger 50% at what they did. And so Jesus, again, he offers to die for all of your sin or none of it. If 1% is even a smidge in what you do for heaven, you're going to be left taking your hell punishment. What if someone came to you today and they said, hey, 
I'm going to heaven because Jesus died on the cross for all of my sin. And also because I asked for forgiveness. Do you think they go to heaven or hell? Heaven. Why heaven? Because they mentioned that um, Jesus died for their sins and they asked for forgiveness and they didn't just say they did good and stuff. Mm. Yeah, but were they still pointing to themselves in some way? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who were they pointing at? Like, what were they pointing at themselves about? That they never sinned. Well, in this example, the people are saying, because I asked for forgiveness. Because I asked for forgiveness. So they think that they're still playing part in going to heaven. They think that they're still playing part in avoiding hell because they asked for forgiveness. And again, does that work? Judge, I'm guilty of committing these crimes. I deserve to be punished. Please forgive me. Will he let you go for the crimes that you've done? No. What if you would say to an earthly judge, judge, I'm guilty of these crimes. I deserve a punishment, but I promise not to do those crimes again. Do you think he'd ignore your crimes that you've already done? No. And so this is the same example. If someone would say, I'm going to heaven because Jesus died on the cross, but also because I asked for forgiveness, are they going to heaven? Are they? I think you're doing a really good job, but I think that you're just answering quickly before you think about this. And so what we went through before, the judge, like the judge would not let you go for asking for forgiveness, right? God will not let you go for asking for forgiveness. We need to trust only in what Jesus has done. And so if someone says I'm going to heaven because Jesus died on the cross, but also because I asked for forgiveness, these are two things, right? Are they trusting only in Jesus? No. And so if Jesus isn't taking all of their hell punishment because they're trusting also in themselves, who's left taking their hell punishment? Um. It would be you, right? It's kind of like um, a trust fall experience type thing too. Like if you're standing on a table and you're about to fall back and I'm like, I'm going to catch you, but I step away, who's going to get hurt? Is it going to be me or you? Me. Yeah. And I know that's not really a good example, but if Jesus offers to take your hell punishment, but you're trusting in yourself, you would be left taking your hell punishment. It wouldn't be Jesus. Same as if you think that, um, asking for forgiveness and Jesus plays part in you going to heaven. Jesus won't be taking your hell punishment if you're trusting in yourself. And so what if you died today? And what if God would say something scary to you? Like, why should I not send you to hell right now? What do you think you'd say to him? Well, what's the only reason you don't have to go to hell? Because Jesus died for our sins. Yeah, you're right. What if he would say, why should I let you into heaven? What do you think he'd say then? Mm. 
Would you say it's because I did good things? Would you say it's because I asked for forgiveness? Would you say it's because I stopped sinning? What would you say? What's the only reason you don't have to go to hell again? Because Jesus died for our sins. Yeah. So isn't that the same reason as to why you can go to heaven? The only reason as well? Yeah. And so what if God would say, why should I let you into heaven? Because he died for my sins. You got it. Now, since Jesus is the only reason we can go to heaven, does playing, does um, doing good things play any part in you going to heaven? What about stopping sinning? Does that play any part in you going to heaven? It doesn't. And I'm going to tell you why. If a fireman would save you from a burning building that you couldn't save yourself from, do you think you'd want to go up to the fireman and just punch him in the face because he saved you? No. How would you feel towards that fireman that risked his life to save you? Good. Yeah, you might feel thankful, right? You might want to give him a hug, like, thank you so much for saving my life. And so... You wouldn't want to punch him in the face, right? You wouldn't want to punch him in the face. How much more thankful do you think you'd be to Jesus, who not only takes all of your hell punishment for you, but even gives you his reward? Really thankful. Even more thankful than a fireman saving your temporary life, right? Yeah. And so... What would you want to do for Jesus because he has saved you from your hell punishment and he has given you his reward in heaven? What do you think? Well, think about the other things that you were thinking before played part in you going to heaven. If doing good things, if trying to sin less, if asking for forgiveness, getting baptized, reading your Bible, sharing the gospel. If these things play zero part and you go into heaven, why do you want to do these things? Again, if Jesus saves us from our hell punishment and gives us heaven, what would we want to do for Jesus? You want to connect the dots, girl. You're doing really well. You want to connect the dots. If doing good stuff and doing bad stuff plays here apart and you go into heaven, the reason you want to do these good things and stop doing bad isn't so you go to heaven, but are you paying attention? Are you distracted? I can promise you this is the most important thing you could ever think about. You want to make sure you get it right because, you know, I'm reasoning with you as much as I can, but one day you're going to die and you're going to stand before God. And He's is he going to accept you into heaven if you're telling him that you asked for forgiveness? Is he going to accept you into heaven if you tell him that you stopped sinning? No. And so you want to make sure you get this right. And I'm just trying to reason with you through that. So the reason you want to do good, the reason why you want to stop doing bad is because you're thankful that Jesus has saved you. That's why you want to do those things.
That's why you want to go to church, read your Bible. Does that make sense? Okay. So let's say hmm, you do 17 more sins after our chat. You die. Where do you go? Heaven or hell? Heaven? Yeah. You're spot on. Why? Because Jesus died for our sins. Spot on. Now, do we have to do things to go to heaven? We do? Okay, why? You tell me, girl. You say we got to do good things to go to heaven. You got this. Why do we have to do good things to go to heaven? We don't. We don't have to do good things to go to heaven. Remember, if doing good things played any part in us going to heaven, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Right? Yeah. So do we have to do good things to go to heaven? You're right. Why do we do good things? You got this. I don't think you have any confidence in yourself, but I know that you know the answer to this. I don't. You don't. Okay. Well, if I would pay a fine for you that you couldn't pay, do you think you'd want to keep speeding? Like a speeding fine if I paid that for you? Would you want to go and keep speeding because I paid for all of it? No. How would you be towards me? How would you feel towards me? Good. Good? Maybe a little bit thankful? Yeah. Would that encourage you because I paid for all your speeding fine? Would that encourage you to keep going and speeding and speeding more? No. Why not? Mm. Well, I mean, would you want to keep going and speeding and speeding? No. So why would you not want to continue spe speeding and speeding? You have to have a good reason for that. I mean, right? Would it be because I paid a lot for you so that you didn't have to pay that yourself? And that you're thankful? Yeah. And so wouldn't that be the same thing with Jesus? He dies for all of your sin. And so you'd want to do good things for him. And you wouldn't want to continue to do those bad things. Right? Yeah. And so why do we do good things to go to heaven? I mean, no, take that back. Why do we do good things? <laughs> you got this. I, I messed up my wording, but you got this. All right. I'm going to let Harmony finish off that chat she's having, and I'm going to say a big hello to everyone who's here today. Great to have you here. If you're from our YouTube or from our TikTok live that we just did, we're going to continue answering your questions. If you're new, please hit that subscribe button and that will enable the chat so you can type whatever comments you want in the chat and ask your questions there. Please just put your questions on the YouTube just once rather than multiple times because on the YouTube, our mods will bring it to the question list, which is what we're going to go through and start answering from. 
Okay, let's get into question time. And I love that all you guys put the keyword in. The keyword today that I gave you on the TikTok live was the word paradise. You know how he said to the thief on the cross, Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now, the first person who said that was Fidgets. Well done, Fidgets. You are quick. Noah was second. Hudson, Ben Key, Andrew, Ron, Misa, Nate, Etienne, Crone, Alfie, Thatcher, Jagger. Well done. And the rest of you guys who said that, you guys got in very quick. Good job. Let's get straight into your questions, though. And once these questions are answered, please stick around because we're going to do a Bible trivia kahoot with you guys, too. So make sure you stick around even once your question is answered. All right, first one came in from Hudson, who's asked this. Could you please explain 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 17? What is it talking about? Okay, let's have a quick look at this verse. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. A really helpful way. People often think this is talking about suicide. This is not talking about suicide. The reason why we know that is because um, this is talking about it's plural. It's plural. You is plural. Y'all, as I say in America, y'all. Uh, it says in the verse before, the verse before, that do you not know that y'all are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in y'all? You all. So it's not just singular. So it's not talking about your body. It's talking about the church. God's spirit dwells in you collectively as believers. And if someone tries to destroy God's church, Jesus' church that he's established, he's not talking about the Catholic Orthodox Church in case you want, he's just talking about his church of believers, then God will destroy him. This one from Mia. If God can do anything, why couldn't he just make the world perfect again instead of sending Jesus? Was it for his glory? The reason why is because God cannot be unjust. If God said, here's a law, if you break the law, this is your punishment, people break the law. If he all of, all of a sudden says, nah, I'm just going to ignore what you've done, that is a bad judge. And we know God is not bad. If a judge in a court of law let every criminal go free with no punishment, it is a bad judge. Even though he's very merciful, he's bad. But what we have is a righteous and holy God who will not let the guilty go unpunished, which is why he needed to send Jesus so that we wouldn't have to go to hell for our own sins. This one from Fidgets who's asked, what would be the best solid proof that Islam is false? Okay. I would say this. There is a lot of reasons why Islam is false. One very clear reason. I'll, I'll give you just a couple brief reasons. One reason, they lack a savior. They have no one who can pay for your sins. There's no point following a religion that's going to get you sent to hell without a savior. And their concept of doing more good than bad makes God unjust. So another reason why Islam is false. Jesus has shown himself to be true by rising from the dead. Muhammad didn't rise from the dead and therefore has not shown himself to be true. The Quran says that Jesus didn't even die on the cross. And so that's denying a plain historical fact that we have there. And fourthly, the Quran is very contradictory to each other. If you ever read it, it contradicts itself all the time. All right, Eunice has asked this. Does God hate the sinner once they go to hell, or does he just not show them love anymore? 
both. If God doesn't show someone love anymore, that shows he's showing contempt for them. He's showing hatred towards them. Psalm 5.5 5 says God hates workers of iniquity. Now, at the moment, God is still showing love to even the most wicked people on this earth by sending them rain and sunshine on the just and the unjust. But in hell, that kindness is removed and all they'll receive is God's anger and hatred and justice upon them for all of their sin. This one from Andrew. Are there any diet recommendations or restrictions in the Bible? Only in the sense that we should be wise in what we eat. We should be a good steward of our body. We shouldn't be reckless in what we eat or eat too much food where we're just making ourselves sick. That would be like gluttony and that wouldn't be good. Don't make food an idol. But there are not any foods that you cannot eat. Now, in the Old Testament, the Jewish people couldn't eat pork, shellfish, owls, bats, and a whole lot of other animals. But from the time Jesus rocked up, he said, now all foods are clean because it's not what goes into you that makes you unclean. And so therefore you can now eat bacon. Bacon is back on the menu if you want to have some bacon. This one from Oreo Lover, who's asked, our dog's name is Oreo. He's pretty cool. What are your thoughts on the law of assumption? I'm not sure what you're meaning by the law of assumption. Are you meaning the law of attraction? Let us know exactly what you're meaning. That will be helpful. You can clarify your question. Okay, next question. Uh, and no, we are going through your questions one by one. This one from Kinetic. Actually, no, we'll do this one from Cootie first. Can Christians get tattoos? I think a good analogy for that is, let's say, I let's say my phone broke. I was like, oh no, my phone's broken. I needed a phone today, and so I went and asked you for your phone. And you're like, sure. Uh, and so you let me have your phone for the day, so I could use it. Am I gonna now change everything on your phone? Change the background? Change what's on it? Maybe even engrave my own name into the the cover of your, the case? No, I'm not. I'm borrowing your phone, not. It's not mine, it's yours. And so I should return it in the condition in which I got it. And the same thing, the Bible says our body is not our own. We've been bought with a price, so therefore we should honor God with our body. And so therefore I think a good rule of thumb would be then don't permanently mark your body if you don't own it. This one from Kinetic. Will I be saved if I'm a Catholic? Well, it all depends what you believe in. You're not saved by putting a label against your name saying Catholic or Christian or Baptist or Presbyterian. You're not saved by your label. You're saved by what you're trusting in. So what are you believing is the reason you'll go to heaven? The fact that you go to a Catholic church? Well, no, you're not going to be saved if you think that's going to get you to heaven. You have to trust that the reason you're going to heaven is because Jesus died for you and that alone. Not that and because you got baptized. And because you're doing some sacraments and you went to reconciliation and confession and penance. If you think it's those things as well as Jesus, your confidence now is only in 50% what Jesus did for you. And the rest is in what you do for him. That will send you to hell. We should do good things for God, yes. But as soon as you think that they are a requirement to go to heaven, you don't make it into heaven. Our trust must be in what Christ has already accomplished for us on the cross, and your good deeds don't contribute anything to your entry to heaven. 
We just do good deeds as a way of saying thank you to him. So if you trust in what Christ did, regardless of the label you apply to yourself, then yes, you would be saved. Jaden's asked this, is vaping a sin? I think vaping can very easily be a sin because you become addicted to it. We shouldn't be addicted to things like that. It also is harmful for your body, and I don't think it's then being a good steward of your body. Plus, a lot of people vape like weed, marijuana, and that is not good because that makes you go out of your mind. God wants us to be always in our mind. This one from Ace. What's the difference between God and Jesus? They are the same being, but they are still distinct persons. There's one God who exists as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit simultaneously as those three distinct persons. And so Jesus prays to his heavenly Father. The Father speaks back, like at the baptism of Jesus and so on. And so we just see that God is those three distinct persons. Jesus is not less God compared to the Father. They are all equal, co-equal, co-eternal for all eternity. Who do you pray to? Pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. This one from Nate. Why are people gay? Same reason as why do people tell a lie? Why do people maybe get drunk? Because of sin. People choose to sin. Now, even though we may, some people may have more of a natural desire towards particular sins, that doesn't justify them actually doing those sins. All sin is bad. All sins make you deserving of hell. But it doesn't matter what sin you've done. You can be forgiven if you come to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. A homosexual can go to heaven if they realize their sin, come to believe in Christ, that he died for their sin, and they are saved. And as a result, they live differently. They're not going to be perfect, but they're going to be striving to avoid sin and live a life in accordance with how the scripture would want them to live. Just like anyone else who believes. This one from Haywood is saying... Oh my, and then you say God's name after that. Is that blasphemy? Yeah, it is. It's called using God's name in vain. Now, it's not blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, so not an unforgivable sin, but it's still a form of blasphemy, which is not good, which is why you need to believe in Christ so that you don't end up in hell for that sin. This one from Eve. How do we know and feel that we are talking to God and not just to ourselves? Well, God doesn't usually speak audibly back when you pray. So don't expect a voice in your head or a feeling when you pray. But how do you know God hears your prayers? Think about it just for a moment. God's all-knowing. So you know God hears your prayers. Whether you say them out loud or whether you say them in your head, God hears you anyway. And so therefore, you can know you're not just talking to yourself because you know there's a God made the universe, and since he's that powerful to make a big universe, he's powerful enough to hear everyone praying to him all at once. Unlike Mary, who cannot hear everyone praying to her because she is not God. This one from Destine. If someone believes in Jesus, or Jesus has done for them, but they lived a worldly life on earth, do they still go to heaven? Depends what you mean by that. 
because every Christian still lives somewhat of a worldly life. We're not living a perfect life, and so we still live somewhat of a worldly life. Sometimes people ask me the question this. They say, this is what, this is what they say. They say, hey, Ryan, I still sin sometimes, so am I going to heaven? I still believe in Jesus, but I still sin sometimes. You're like, I'm like, what? You still sin? Join the club. Everyone still sins. Even the strongest believers still sin. We don't want to. We hate sin and we're trying to resist it. But the good news is that if you're believing in Jesus, that he died on the cross for your sin, all of your past and future sins are forgiven already from the moment you believed. So therefore, you go to heaven even though you still sin at different times. Now, if someone has the attitude, I can do whatever I want, I don't care less, that just shows they don't really believe in Jesus. But if you're like, no, I don't like sin, but I still do it, yeah, you're a work in progress. And God's going to slowly sanctify you more and more day by day. So be comforted in that, knowing what Christ has done for you. And thank you, Jaron. Appreciate your gift there, man. That's awesome. And yes, he said, Perry, Perry the platypus. God bless. Hey, thank you, Jaron. Appreciate that. Um, that was awesome. <laughs> All right, next question that came in from Mali. How do you fast? Fasting is when you choose not to eat food for a time. Now, fasting is completely optional. It's never even commanded in the Bible, the New Testament, to fast even once. So therefore, if you want to do it, it's up to you. Why would, why would someone do it? If they wanted to show that food is not their idol, and or if they wanted to focus on prayer instead of eating and preparing food. But if you think fasting is somehow going to make you more acceptable before God, you're doing it for the wrong reason. And if you are going to fast, the Bible says make sure nobody knows that you are. This one from Gustavo. Why do a lot of people say, Repent or repent of your sins. Well, the word repent is found in the Bible. Jesus himself said it. But what people mean by that is not what the Bible means by it. A lot of people today, when they say repent, they mean pray, ask for forgiveness, or stop sinning and be a good person. That's not the biblical definition of repent. The biblical definition is to change your mind. It's the Greek word metanoia, to change it. It's a change of mind that will result in a change of action. And so when Jesus says, repent and believe the gospel, Mark 1.15, he's saying, change your mind and believe the gospel. So as in, don't reject Jesus anymore. Believe that your Messiah has come to die for you. So if you ever get confused with passages of the Bible where you see the word repent, just always just read, change your mind. That's what it means. And that'll help explain a whole lot of passages that you might have been confused about in the past. Blue has asked this. Is it okay to have non-Christian friends or a non-Christian partner? It's okay to be friends with non-Christians as long as they're not tempting you to sin and having a really bad influence on your life. If they are, find some better friends to be around. Is it okay to date an unbeliever and then go ahead and marry them? And the answer is no. The Bible says don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. What partnership should we have with unbelievers? The Bible says we shouldn't have any partnership with them because they don't love the Lord. 
Now, if you're already married to an unbeliever, well, it's too late. You've got to stay faithful. But if you're not, don't be dating an unbeliever. So that is someone who's not a Christian. Gustavo's asked this, are demons being cast out today? That's a hard one to answer. Potentially, I don't know. Um, but what I would say is our job as Christians isn't so much to go into the world and cast out every demon because they're going to be on this earth whether you like it or not until judgment day. They're on this earth. But our job, our mandate, in fact, as Christians is to go and preach Jesus Christ to the world. That is what we're called to do. Penlow's asked this, what do you think about the Torah? The Torah being the first five books of the Old Testament means the law. Yeah, they're books of the Bible. What was the purpose of the law? To bring the knowledge of sin. What did the law point people to? The Savior, Christ Jesus. Mini Brand has asked, what happens if you break a promise to God and you pray for forgiveness? Well, first of all, don't be making promises to God. Don't do it. Just, just don't do it. God doesn't want you to make a promise to him. Instead, you just let your yes be yes, you no be no. You don't make a promise to God about something you'll do if he does something for you. That's putting God to the test. Now, if you have already broken a promise to God, praying for forgiveness is good, but that won't forgive you of that sin. In fact, no sin is forgiven by praying for it. Sins are forgiven by believing that Jesus died for your sins on the cross. So if you believe that, even if you have broken a promise to God, the sin has already been paid for by Jesus and your entry to heaven is still secure. This one from Mike. Did God know Satan would try to betray him since he's all-knowing? Yes, God's all-knowing and therefore he knew Satan would be trying to betray him or overthrow him. And so God allowed that to happen because God is going to then demonstrate his attribute of justice by one day throwing Satan into eternal torment to be punished there for his rebellion. So friends, God's not ashamed of hell. Some people present the idea like God just says, look, if you don't want to be with me, I'll send you somewhere else. No, the reason why God made hell is as divine justice against people's rebellion towards him. Satan started off the rebellion, but everyone else has done the same. And God will be the place where, or hell will be the place where God inflicts his wrath upon everyone there. And God is glorified by that because we get to see how just he is. And God is also then glorified by saving people and allowing people to go to heaven if they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ while here on this earth. And heaven then glorifies God's mercy. This one from EHW. How do people believe in Christianity before Jesus came? They didn't believe in Christianity. But in the Old Testament scriptures, the Jewish scriptures, it teaches that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, was going to come to die on the cross for their sins. If they believed that, they would be saved. If they didn't believe that, they wouldn't be saved. So that's how we're saved back then and now, by faith and by faith alone. Uh, there was a question from someone who just asked, what is keeping me from becoming a 100% Christian? What holds me back? Well, you tell me. I would ask, usually ask you the question. What's holding you back from becoming a Christian? Let us know. Sometimes it may be a love of sin. People often love to live life their own way, and that's what holds them back 
from believing in Christ. But I'm hoping for yourself you'll see that the momentary pleasures of sin is not even very exciting, right? The momentary pleasures of sin makes you feel guilty, lonely, and disappointed. But when we say no to sin and we say yes to God, and we say, I'm going to trust in what Jesus did to save me from eternal hell, you're going to find a Christian life is far more joyful and satisfying and eternally rewarding compared to one where you just follow the lust of your flesh, which always leaves you disappointed. Uh, there's a question from Julia. How do you deal with doubt, even if you want to truly believe? Well, Julia, I'd ask you the question, what are you doubting exactly? If you're doubting God's existence, you ask yourself, well, this ukulele here, would you believe me if I told you that it made itself? It just popped into existence one day? No, you'd think that's absurd. Right. Same with the universe. It's really just pure absurdity if people think that this universe, which is, with its design and complexity, and even the very fact that it exists, that it could pop into existence all by itself, it's worse than magic. It's worse than someone um, believing this ukulele could make itself. And so that helps you deal with the doubt of God's existence. So you know there's a God. We all do. And you know Jesus is true because you can look at his claims and he backed up those claims by rising from the dead. When Buddha did nothing to prove himself to be true, Muhammad did nothing to prove himself to be true. Jesus is the only one who did something supernatural to prove that he is who he says he is. Oh, and that answers Thatcher's next question, which was, how do we know the other religions aren't right? Well, that answers that question. Plus, all the other religions basically want God to be unjust and ignore their sins because they do more good than bad. If a judge in a court of law acted that way, where he let criminals go free because they did more good deeds than crimes, there would be an outcry of, where is the justice? Right, because a good judge doesn't let people go free based on good deeds compared to crimes. A good judge punishes criminals for crimes, and so will a good God. And that just shows a fundamental flaw in every other religion, where they think they can go to heaven by, heaven by doing more good than bad. That will not work, friends. The only thing that will work with a just God is if someone bears your punishment in your place, satisfying justice so that you can be shown mercy. And you only have that in Christianity. Night and day difference, isn't it? And this one from Ami, who's asked, how do you stop being lazy when having a relationship with Christ? Yeah. Get into your Bible. Seriously. The Bible is your spiritual food. You want to be weak as a Christian? Just don't read your Bible. You want to be weak as a person? Don't eat food. Want to be weak as a Christian? Don't read your Bible. Don't listen to Christian things very often. You want to be strong in your faith? Have lots of spiritual food. Read your Bible every day. Listen to a Christian stream like this every day. This will help you have a Godward focus on your life and not just a worldly focus on your life. And therefore, you won't be lazy. Won't be lazy. Good, good, good. Beck's going to be hosting our Kahoot. As I promised, we're going to do a Bible trivia Kahoot, which will be awesome. Uh, just quickly, I wanted to answer one more question just as Bex gets this ready for us. Um, someone's asked, what's your opinion of LGBT people using the phrase, God loves everyone, 
and they believe everyone will be saved no matter what, and so it's okay to do whatever you want. What I would say is, <laughs> what I would say to that is, they're really just throwing out the Bible. The Bible never says God loves everyone equally, first of all. never says that. Secondly, God cares about justice. Would you want a judge in a court of law to say, hey, doesn't matter what crimes you do, criminals, you're free to go. No, you wouldn't. God's not going to be like that either. Now, there is salvation available to anyone who would come to Christ in, in faith, which even an LGBT person come, can come to believe and be saved if they come to trust in Christ. But they don't want to then continue in the way that they lived before, just like we didn't when we came to faith. We aim, we now strive to live differently, not to be saved, but because we are saved. Okay, wow, you guys had so many good questions. So many good questions. Uh, James's question was, which I just scrolled up to see if we missed it, it was, what's your opinion on mega churches? I think... There can be some solid mega churches, like large churches out there, and there can be a lot of bad mega churches out there too. It depends on the individual church. Sometimes people may feel disconnected in a large church. They feel like they can't really get connected because you can't really know everyone there when you're with thousands of people. But I wouldn't say a mega church in itself is sinful. You'd want to pick, make sure the church you go to is one that is teaching that we're saved by grace through faith and not by our works. You guys have got lots of great questions. I can see that. And if you want to, because there were so many, we could only do a certain amount. We can, if you bring them back tomorrow, we can answer them there. We, whenever we're live, you can put the question in the chat. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, then you know when we are live. But I would love all you guys. I'm going to personally all invite you now to our Bible Trivia Kahoot. We're going to have some fun doing this. So let's test your Bible knowledge. And Beck's going to be our game host for that. So over to you, Beck. All right, we're going to do some Bible Trivia Kahoot. That means you got to get Kahoot open up in your um browser or if you have the app you can use that all right and i need to share my screen so you guys can see it and then we will share the game pin <clears throat> all righty here we go and the game pin is going into the chat any second now so you guys can click the link and head there all right um Alrighty, the game pin is 3110281. We've got some players coming on in. We've got Venus, Legend, Turtle, uh, Ty, Kevin, Hart. Oh, that's funny. It's Kevin and Hart. It's like next to each other, Kevin Hart. Anyway, um, Harmony's here. Ooh, it's going all over the place. Madison's here. Nice to see Madison and Kate. Demetrios. Me. <laughs> That's not me, that's the player called me. Zanea, Dree, Jimathon, Kalisa. Wait, is that supposed to be Carissa? <laughs> but with an L? No, okay, it's a different, it's Kalisa. Okay, I haven't seen that one before, that name before. Bob, Gus, Nat, Henry, MK, Kinetic. Ooh. 
is here. Deal. Uh, where are we? Sav. Beck is cool. God is cool. Uh, Clarice is back in. I see you, Julia. I see you, Juan. Juan. Uh, I can't even say it in a Korean accent. Des loves Jesus is here, Mr. Goodman. GR, is that great? But what's GR? I see that's like for some reason. I don't know. How many's back? Gira. Oh, kinetic again. Alright. Some people are rejoining, I guess. It's sort of I don't know why sometimes it kicks people out or something. I don't get it. Sometimes it's a bit weird. But anyway, we're gonna get started very shortly, so make sure you do join in now to the Kahoot. It's gonna be some Bible trivia, so it's okay if you don't know all of the answers. Some will be easy, some may be a little bit tricky. That's okay, we're all learning. And Mystery Man is here. Alright, let's get started. Bible trivia cute. Let's do another Bible trivia. Everyone loves the Bible trivia. Okay, first question of the day. What was man created from? What was man created from? Dust, light, plants, or stars? Light and smells are kind of the same thing. Well, kind of, kind of, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're a little bit different. But anyway, that's okay. It's one of these answers. Dust, light, plants, and stars. What is it? Put your answer in. Okay, it's answer time, which is dust, yes. And um, it was on the sixth day, God made man from the dirt. Yeah, dirt. And from, what is it? Dust we we had we were created into dust we will go like back I did not say that right but anyway let's check the leader's score me with the crown is in lead Kevin is me like also you <laughs> you know what I mean like me is you and you is me anyway Kevin is in second nice work legend Henry and Beck is cool cool look at these scores so close there's already a tie there such a close game at the moment. It's only the beginning. What book comes after Matthew? After Matthew, what have you got? I guess I'm going to sing the books of the Bible, some New Testament songs. We might get a Ryan to sing that for us. What do you think, Ryan? Can you sing that for us? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts and Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians and Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus and Philemon, Hebrews and James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd and 3rd John, Jude and Revelation. Good job. Thank you very much for that. And so it went, if you heard it right at the beginning, Matthew, Mark is next. Mark comes after and then Luke and then John and then Acts. All right. Good job, guys. 19 of you got that. Oh, a few little changes with me is staying in position. Uh, Kevin Madison, Henry came up and legend. Nice. And Clarissa has climbed up six places. Good job, Clarissa. Keep climbing. All right, puzzle. We haven't done puzzle one in a while. We've got to put these events in order. So they're all events to do with Jesus. And usually, it's sort of the beginning of his, his life. So, 
get in order what comes first from the bottom. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem, an angel appeared to Mary, wise men who the child Jesus and Jesus was baptized. Let's see what is the answers. Enter. Alright, 22 of you got it correct. All you had to do was move the angel appeared to Mary up to the top one and you actually had it all in order. <laughs> so good job, guys. That might have been confusing though. But nice work. It was um, Mary was told by an angel Jesus was going to be born. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Then also the wise men visited child Jesus a bit later. And then obviously much later, Jesus was baptized. Good job. Let's check them scores. Oh, there's Becky's cool. It's come up with Madison in second. Um, wow, that they must have got that onto it real quick with that question. Got those extra points when you get in quick. And Mystery Man is our highest climber with up five places. All right, question four. Psalms has how many chapters? Ooh, really got their answers in quick there. They're like, I want to get as many points as I possibly can. Um, how many chapters? It's 150. 150 psalms. Yep. It's the most chapters that a book of the Bible has. Good job, 22 of you got that correct. Oh, wow. You guys, they must be really close scores. Yeah, so oh, look how close they are. They're very close. Three in between third and fourth. Man, like, whew, you got to get on the buzz with these ones. Okay. Oh, and oh, three people lost their, their streak three, but that's okay. You've got plenty of time to get it back, so don't worry. Blessed are the peacemakers for... This is part of the Sermon on the Mount, the beginning. It's sort of like Beatitudes. Blessed are the... And then it's got a thing. So, blessed are the peacemakers for... What? They will be called children of God. They will be rich. They will find love. They will never go to war. Hey, most of you got it correct. Good job, guys. I wonder if you kind of, some of you uh, got it from like just nailing it down because I don't think they will be rich or they will find love or they will never go into war is feasible. Um, so good try. Two of you almost, almost got it with the loved one. Not quite. It was they will be children of God. Nice. All right, Legend Turtle came up into first place with that one. You must have got on quick with that one. And Goodell, Goodell has Ancestry of Five. You got the fire. Nice. Okay, next question. Who said, let my people go? Who said, let my people go? Was it James, Jeremiah, Moses, or Daniel? Uh, this gif looks like a very like I don't know 90s kind of movie or something you know very old looking movie <laughs> it looks funny all right yes 26 of you got it correct it was Moses he said it to Pharaoh he said let my people go and it took 10 times before Pharaoh did let people go all right oh no changes just lots of high climbing um, very close scores still is a five of six, six, six. Don't read into that. That's fine. <laughs> um, and Lila is a highest climber of three places. Keep climbing, Lila. You can do it. 
question seven. What is it that covers a multitude of sins? Is it faith, love, peace, or humility? Now, this is obviously according to the verse. What does the verse say? Yes. Oh, okay. That's really interesting that 18 of you said faith. So according to the verse, um, the verse in 1 Peter 4, 8 says that love covers a multitude of sins. So this is not talking about like how we are saved. <laughs> it's not talking about how God covers our sins. Yes, by faith we are saved. Our faith in what Jesus has done pays for our sins. But according to 1 Peter 4, 8, which is in talking about in fellowship with other people, when we when others sin against us, love, we are to call to love someone, love them despite their sins and, and our love can cover cover their sins in that sense and in a sense like jesus did love us and by his love he paid for our sins so yeah, it still works all right good try guys that might have been seemingly a little bit tricky of a question with that one and we're gonna see the scoreboard how it might have shaken that up oh it did shake it up a little bit me me has come back into the top position me who could possibly be you i'm not sure um, but Becca's Cool's holding second and Mystery Man's come up too. With Clarissa also in top five now. Wow, it's almost like the top five has changed quite a lot in the last few questions. Oh, that was a bit of a combo breaker though. <laughs> All right, we've got a few more questions. You can come back, make a comeback. What job did Peter have before he followed Jesus? Was he a fisherman, a tax collector, a carpenter, or a bricklayer? seconds left to put your answer in yes oh that last person put their answer in like just on the like two seconds left it was a fisherman yes he was catching fish and jesus said to him i will make you fishes of men which means he will make them go and uh share the gospel and in that way catch fish no catch men <laughs> with the gospel yes nice work it was jesus who was a carpenter and matthew was a tax collector good job guys oh no movement but lots of points going up oh look at this top score has seven five nine seven and the second is seven five seven nine <laughs> wow that's close. That is very close. We've got a couple of questions left. Yes. Almost the end. This is a multi-select, so you can select more than one answer. Which of the following was predicted by Jesus? So select more than one answer. Which of the following did Jesus predict? I think he two seconds. What? Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, you did really well, though. Look at that. Most of you answered and got it correct. It was he predicted both his resurrection and his death. Um, he never said about him eating with King Herod and he never said about like staying more than a year and stuff. But yes, those two things he did specifically predict. Good job. Oh, Legend Turtles come up with Henry again. Oh, they're back into, into the top five. But look at that. Becca's Cool has the nine correct answers in a row. Wow, that's every that's every answer, every question. Okay, we're gonna do the final one. I think it's double points. I'm pretty sure I did double points. True or false? Double points. 
King Saul was David's father. Is that true or is that false? King Saul was David's father. Is that true or false? It's 50-50 guys. But it's double points so you want to think about this one. Just you don't want to lose those double points. Alright. Oh this was a split. This was like split. Wow look at that. <laughs> it's false. So yes, King David was a king, obviously. And David was also the king, which was the next king, but he wasn't Saul's, David wasn't Saul's son. Does anyone know who David's father was? Carissa? Question wrong, so I have no idea. <laughs> Ryan or Paul? Ryan, you can. Oh, okay. So you're asking me who was David's? David's son. I mean, father. Father. That would be Jesse. Yes, Jesse. Jesse was David's father. Yep. Not King Saul. That can be very confusing. I know. But now you know. All right. I'm ready to click the next button because I'm. I'm going to be. I think we're going to be a little bit surprised, but maybe by the podium, so let's have a look. Podium time. Third place, Clarissa coming up to third place. Second place, Mystery Man. And in top position, sit back is cool. No, me, me, it's me. <laughs> Who might be you? Gadeel, Gadeel was in fourth and Kevin was in fifth. Good job guys, nice work with all those uh, fun questions. I hope you had a uh, good time and was able to learn some things about the Bible. Yesterday, I think we had you who won. Today, we had me who won. Wow. Are they the same? Is you, me, and me, you? I don't Maybe. know. Maybe it's Ian. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to find out. Um, so, yeah, great kahoot, everyone. So good that you were able to um, play that and test your Bible knowledge, which is great. And I noticed you guys are asking more questions, which is good to see. We're going to do another question times tomorrow, so make sure you join us for tomorrow's stream. When are we streaming tomorrow? Ian says, not me is not him. Okay, fair enough. Um, he uh, We are going to be streaming tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, or 9 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. There you go. Or 12, 12 a.m. UK time, which is Alfie's time. Yes, that's right. And we're going to have more question time. We're going to be having more songs of the week. We're going to be having Omegle Chats and all those fun things. And another Kahoot game, which are lots of fun. I love that. Okay. It's time now for an outro question. I got one for you guys. The outro question I have for you today is this. Mild or spicy? Mild or spicy? What do you guys prefer? So let's say you're getting a curry or you're going to get something like that, some sort of dish. Are you going to say... Extra spicy, spicy, please. Are you going to say, no, nah, I'd prefer it mild? What would you guys pick? Let us know in the chat when we'll hear your answers. For myself, 
I don't mind a little bit of spice, but sometimes the spice overwhelms, and so I would probably pick out of those two mild. It's a good buy from Ryan. There are certain things that are nice, yeah, like spicy. Like I feel like some salsas are good spicy, but generally mild, yeah. Bye from Beck. Say you later from Paul. I like spicy because life is spicy. I prefer extra spicy, and it's a buy from Venus. Um, I've never had curry before, but if we're talking about something else that I've had that you would put, like, that type of salsa, like a burrito or something, I would always go for mild because I don't like spice unless it's, like, I don't know, like, Takis or something random like that. Anyways, bye from Carissa. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow from Glenn, Nathaniel, Ruben, Chip, Alex, Selena, Daxton, John, one verse five, and whoever else served today. I am going to be one of those people that's like, what's the difference? I don't know. I can't handle uh, stuff that's hot or whatever. So I'm just thankful for food. But as long as it doesn't get me sick, so I don't know. Have a great day. Well, you've answered the question, Harmony. Anything that's not hot. There you go. <laughs> so you've <been> mild. <laughs> In the chat, it looks like spicy was the most common answer from you guys. Interesting. Very cool. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. We look forward to hanging out with you same time, same channel, tomorrow. Get into your Bible between now and then, and go and serve our great king. See you guys.